happier place to be. I want grimy Maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry wow. 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 When they started doing this weird hangouts. We are entrusting them with a lot, and they are not very trustworthy, and they have deep ties to um, the Pentagon, all of these big social media companies. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Uh, we are going to be chatting with friend of the show, Charlie Robinson, a little bit later. His book lives on the... On the table here in the studio, Graham's a bit of a fanboy, and uh, we talk Charlie quite a bit these days. Actually, he's part of the Union of the Unwanted, and I actually totally spaced on the fact that we had him on in May. I don't know how I <laughs> forgot about that, but uh, so I guess it was our third time having Charlie on. <laughs> yeah. So we got Graham fanboy Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? I don't know. What, what's with the fanboy thing, dude? I just love his book. His book lives on the a table. People, I read it every week. A couple people messaged me about Really? Graham seemed like a fanboy. Oh, my God. The Charlie no, I'm just excited because uh, his book is The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, and it's it's a pretty good book. You know? Yeah. It puts everything into perspective. It's one of those ones you buy for your family and your friends, and you put it on the, the table. It's a reference material. The book's not in yet. I checked today. All right. Good. Well, thanks for checking. Because I think he sent it to the house, didn't he? I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't check the P.O. box today. I'm getting disillusioned with the P.O. box. I know. Every time I go there, it's empty. I know. That night, so you know, like, I felt. Is she forwarding the stuff? <laughs> because I know a couple of people have told me they've sent stuff. I know. I know. I just I gotta, assume it's been picked I got to follow by, up with some of the stuff that's probably stuck in customs. Picked up by customs or something. Yeah. What are you going to do? Anyways, yeah, this is a good show. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just happy that uh, we get to talk to somebody that's making these good books like that. That's all. All sorts of people making all sorts of good books. It's yeah. great. Yeah. So the one you're talking about that you have that you're going to read from, because I forgot my reading glasses, is uh, the Octopus of Global Control. That's the one that lives on the table. I the made it. One. I made that the, um, actually today, I made that the... Because now with the new Discord, I think we're allowed to add emojis to the titles. So I added an octopus emoji to the uh, politics room. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That was my contribution to the there politics you go. room. There you go. So what, do you want to just go to the quote right away? You, sure, if you want. You, you want to get right. that over? This is going to be weird. This is going to mess people up. I know. So now I need to play the jingle and read the quote, just so you know. Double dip, double duty. It's the profound quote of the Does highlighted mean you've read it? Yes. Here's a highlighter for you. Here's a highlighter. See how well I keep track of all that? It's the profound quote of the week. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound quote of the week. He's found it already.
Zigniew Brzezinski. No, I don't think <laughs> I'm going to do this one. You already like gravitated to page 33. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Oh, well. All the other ones are lame ones. 500 BC, though. All war is deception. Uh, Hippocrates? Sun Tzu. <laughs> All right, let's try a different page. Let's just do a random one. All right. The way to make money is to buy when blood is running in the streets. Wow. Soon to be, you know, a reality. Who said that? Oh, I'm supposed to. You're supposed um, to guess. Uh, the way to buy the blood. Geez, I don't know. Uh, Marx. He's probably one of the people running the world. Might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who is it? John D. Rockefeller. Oh. Well, one of them is one of them is alive still. Here we'll do one more for you. Okay. With Iraq now set to begin oil transaction in Euros as early as next week, President Saddam Hussein has clearly made up his mind that banning the dollar is worth flying in the face of financial logic. I'll never guess who that was. No. You can probably guess when that was. Shortly before 2003. Yeah. <laughs> Shortly before March 2003. Or was it March 2004? Shock and awe. That's uh, Charles Recknagel. Hmm. Cool. Thanks. No problem. This is an easy segment. I just read the book. Well, can, so much easier than coming up with content. <clears throat> Darren and I just riff uh, on some stuff in the intro here. The... There's a timestamp for the show on the show notes, and uh, sometimes a fast forward button to get to the interview. Uh, we involve some listeners. I got some listener emails. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of one of those episodes. It's it's timely. It's uh, it's kind of about what's happening right now. So we could talk a little bit about the Rona. The Rona. Did you were you making some waves in your local community there with your uh, with the Freemasons? Yeah. Well, I haven't been to the Freemasons because I don't agree with their mass policy. Oh, so they're not I, allowing you in because of it? No, they'll let me in. But they're all wearing masks and I really don't want to go. In meetings, like? Yeah. And it's not even part of initiation process? Yeah, you got to wear the mask <laughs> in and out. And they're like, you know, it's just part of the rules. We got to follow the rules. Whose rules are they following? The city and all the that, city. I guess? Oh, because they're in the city. Yeah, yeah, they're downtown Calgary. And I was just like, so I made a comment on the Evite, Eventbrite or whatever, this like online invite page for mm -hmm. the lodge meetings and yeah. stuff. I made a comment on there that I guess got the attention of the Grandmaster. <laughs> decided I needed a talking to, so they called me today. and we, It was a good chat. I said, I believe in a higher deity, a higher power. That higher power is not the state. I've drawn a very clear line in the sand, and I don't need, want to come down there and make all of you guys uncomfortable because I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing any gloves. I'm not social distancing. Gloves? Don't tell me gloves is on there, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do they not have enough um, reference material to know that this is a play? I don't know. So they're basically like, well, we'll see you in spring. <laughs> I'm Maybe not paying not. my due, so. Maybe not. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. He says his daughter's a nurse. A vaccine will be out in spring. No. Really? Wow. I can't wait for that. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I'll be first in line. You should send him that video of the microbiologist from Germany. I not. I haven't you know, seen the I video. Mean, no, I know. But I mean, there's a lot of, there's thousands of nurses and doctors pushing back. They yeah, don't right, buy right. this. This is great. This, this is the kind of people we need. Other than just like podcasters. No, it's yeah. unbelievable. The, that, that video from the microbiologist in Germany is fantastic because it's actually just supporting what we kind of think. Do nothing. I've got an email here. I've got an email here to read. I might as well do it. It kind of a trend. It's it can sort of uh, segue into this email. Some feedback. You guys are welcome to read this on air if you want. If you need some balance on the mask debate, the best explanation I've found in English. So there's a YouTube video here. Be smart. Wear a mask. The short version is this. Mask doesn't completely stop viral spread, but it reduces the amount of viral material going around in the air. Less viral material getting in your body will give the immune system more time to mount a response. So yes, you will get, you will still get infected even if everyone wears a mask, but it would be more mild, a more of the mild or asymptomatic kind. We would have reached herd immunity sooner without the high death rate. The Tokyo data supports this. Almost half of Tokyo, 7 million, is COVID positive, but their death rate is very low. I lived in Tokyo and Taipei long enough to have the mask etiquette drilled into me, so it was rather odd to hear who and Fauci lied about this early in the year. They should know how this works from the first round of SARS and MERS, so why inject confusion into the public discourse? Good point. The excuse that they didn't want to cause panic, panic buying and reserving masks for healthcare doesn't make sense. They were ahead of the public. They could have bought out the reserve before making any statement. They could have given 3M the legal immunity they wanted and forced them to supply the hospitals. They also should have known that mandating masks generally doesn't work. It has to be voluntary with good knowledge that makes sense to the public. I think they knew they know this version of SARS would have fizzled out just as quickly as SARS did if everyone masked up like most of Asia did before. So I think what he's saying is they they let it go on purpose, but wear a mask. What? <clears throat> but wear a mask. What do you mean? That's what he's saying? Well, no, I don't he's just saying this is the other side of the debate. This is some balance on the debate that's not, you know, it's it's you know, my point is that I don't, I've said it before. It doesn't, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think even if they worked, I don't think it's worth it. Like, I don't think it's worth what we're going through. And you can, this might be, and I haven't, I honestly, I should have watched this whole thing, but do you remember <laughs> that article that, do you remember that article that Chad sent in our other chats about the, this was sort of the foundation that the mainstream was going on with masks because they did this research on all these other countries that have masks in their culture or they're using them more often and they showed these lower death rates from COVID from the first wave. Do you remember seeing that? Did you read that at all? No. You mean Chad the Reverend? No. Chad um, in our WhatsApp. Oh. I didn't know we were calling him Chad. Well, I just, yeah. <laughs> You just came up with that, expected. <laughs> we did on the, some of the some of the uh, some of the roundtables. We did call them that, so I thought you oh, might pick up on it. No, 
Not even close. Are we not saying his name on the show? Well, we can, I guess, if it's not, oh, in the, you okay. know. <laughs> so did you see that one, that study? Because no. that's what they were using. And this, this Japan, Tokyo part might be part of that study. I don't know. I should have actually watched the whole thing. I forgot. Um, but, you know, they weren't taking into account that those countries were also using HCQ. And then how do you account for all the mask mandates and all the cases going up? In North America, for example, or Europe, all the places with the mask mandates, like if you watch Tony Heller's videos, you know, it shows clearly that the places with the mask mandates are going up with cases. But I mean, maybe like he says, maybe they're, the cases aren't as strong, you know, we're all going to be positive without dying. I don't know. Is that how it works? Well, that's what he's saying here. And so that's now, in does, some does ways that theory allow for the amount of germs making the virus more potent, the amount of germs you get in the beginning. Um, apparently, apparently, yeah, I want to link, I'm going to link to that microbiologist in Germany as well. Cause it's a fantastic chat. Right. He kind of gets into this a little bit. My very... stance is that I've kind of put a very clear peg of where I'm willing to bend to, to protect other people. And I feel like I've already done that in a lot of other ways, you know? We've got laws about drinking and driving and getting a driver's license and, you know, you don't leave the house when you're sick. You don't fist fight. You don't, but I don't, I'm just not willing to like, it's kind of the same argument as a vaccine. I'm not going to get a shot. Even if I, even if I did believe their bullshit about, um, you spreading it to other about, people, like about stopping it the being spread. Better for everyone else if I get the shot or my kids get the shot. Yeah. It's just a line I'm not willing to cross anyway. And I look. That's at kind the, of what I'm saying about the, the masks, masks like, as being a very similar. Like you can give me all the evidence in the world that it's helping me or other people, and I'm still like, guess what? I'd be most helpful to everyone if I just stayed the fuck home and never, you know, there'd be zero chance I upset anyone or hit them with my car or any of those things. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean, and I, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, th this microbiologist again, he was saying, "What what's you, what would you recommend we do? Do nothing, right? Obviously, protect the the, the vulnerable, like we said months ago." No, like, no, I think you give the vulnerable <clears throat> the information and you leave it upon no. them whether or not they want to protect themselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's part because of it. Because right? people might not yeah, yeah, want to be locked in. That's yeah, that's part of it. That's kind of what I'm saying. Is he's but he but in in terms of the lockdowns and the masks and the social distancing, he says it doesn't work. Like even that, from what I quickly watched that video that this guy emailed us. Thank you by the way for the email on the balance of this. Um, it still it still says that it can it it's it's still spreading right you're not stopping the virus so at what point is the damage of the lockdown and the mask doing to people i mean what's the trauma psychologically that the you can't even we can't even measure that for years probably why take that chance if it's if you're still going to be spreading it around i mean don't the don't the large droplets drop fall, fall faster to the floor i mean hopefully not and, on my tongue you know what i mean and no oh, i don't know i don't want to get into the details of it I'm not a scientist into the weeds. But into the weeds. Uh, no point. But it's just I just don't I just don't agree with any of it. So, anyways, let, so anyways, let's get into so instead of the project operation, I have a study to read that's just very similar to this. And this is the I mean, maybe I need to make a segment for studies. A study segment? Yeah. Call it like abstract conclusion. What? 
What are you just, is that you're just going with that on everything? <laughs> do you have a jingle or do you want me just uh, to just well, What jingle do you want to play? You just said you wish we had that jingle. Just do the project. We'll call it a project operation. That one? Yeah. Uh, how come I have email from Daniel? What's that noise? Well, it looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dishfire. Prism. Sentry Eagle. Sigma. Mannequin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. I'm going to call this military enforced quarantine. It's not an official project or operation, but it fits in. It fits in well with Ooh, the segment. Twitter data is ready for download. Are you even here with me? Yeah, but I just got the email that my Twitter... Da- I got a, did you know Bill's last name is Lobie? Not Loeb? Yeah. I get it wrong every time. So oh, I yeah. know because I've said it wrong I many times. I think he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the American Institute for Economic Research. Okay? Even a military-enforced quarantine can't stop the virus, study reveals. That's the headline. The New England Journal of Medicine has published a study that goes to the heart of the issue of lockdowns. The question has always been whether and to what extent a lockdown, however extreme, is capable of suppressing the virus. If you, if so, you can make an argument that at least the lockdowns, despite their astronomical social and economic costs, achieve something if not nations of the world would have embarked on a of the world have embarked, if not nations of the world have embarked on a catastrophic experiment that has destroyed billions of lives and all expectation of human rights and liberties with no payoff. Hello. So AIER, which is this Institute has a long, has long highlighted studies that show no gain in virus management from lockdowns. Even as early as April, a major data scientist said that this virus becomes epidemic or endemic in 70 days after the first round of infection, regardless of policies. The largest global study of lockdowns compared with deaths, as published in The Lancet, found no association between coercive stringencies and deaths per million. To test further might seem superfluous, but for whatever reason, governments all over the world, including the U.S., are still under the impression that they can affect the transmissions of this virus through a range of non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks, forced human separation, stay-at-home orders, bans of gatherings, business and school closures, extreme travel restrictions. Nothing like this has been tried on this scale in the whole human history. So one might suppose that policymakers have some basis for their confidence that these measures accomplish something. A study conducted by ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in cooperation with the Naval Medical Research Center sought to test lockdowns along with testing and isolation. In May, 3,143 new recruits to the Marines were given the option to participate in the study of frequent testing under extreme quarantine. The study was called CHARM. Oh, so it's kind of like a project operation called Project CHARM which stands for COVID Health Action Response for Marines. Of the recruits asked, a total of 1,848 young people agreed to be guinea pigs in this experiment, with, which involved 
which included weekly PCR tests. Well, here's part of the problem, but weekly PCR testing, actually qPCR testing and blood sampling for IG antibody assessment. In addition, the CHARM study volunteers who did test positively on the day of enrollment, day zero, or on day seven or day 14, were separated from the roommates and placed in isolation. So what did the recruits have to do? The study explains, and you will see they face an even more strict regime than has existed in civilian life in most places. All recruits, even those not in the charm group, did the following. So it gets into double-layer cloth masks at all times, indoors and outdoors, except when sleeping or eating, practice social distancing, were not allowed to leave campus, did not have access to personal electronics and other items that might contribute to surface transmission, and routinely washed their hands. They slept in double-occupancy rooms with sinks, ate in shared dining facilities, and use shared bathrooms. All recruits cleaned the rooms daily, sanitized after each use with bleach wipes, ate pre-plated meals in a dining hall, cleaned after bleach. Uh, Most instruction and exercises were conducted outdoors. All movement of recruits was supervised. Unidirectional flow was implemented with designated building entry and exit points to minimize contact. All recruits, regardless of the participation in the study, underwent daily temperature and symptom screening Six instructors who were assigned to each platoon worked in eight-hour shifts and enforced the quarantine measures. If recruits recruits recorded uh, reported any signs of symptoms consistent with COVID, they reported a sick call, underwent rapid PCR testing for SARS-CoV-2, and were placed in isolation pending the results. The instructors were also restricted to the campus. They were required to wear masks, pre-plated meals, all that stuff. <clears throat> The reputation of the Marine in basic training is that tough going, but this really does take it to another level. Also, this is an environment where those in charge do not mess around. They're surely close to 100% compliant as compared with, for example, a typical college campus. So what were the results? The virus still spread, though 90% of those who tested positive were without symptoms. Incredibly, 2% of the charm recruits still contracted the virus, even if All but one remained asymptomatic. Our study showed that in a group of predominantly young male military recruits, approximately 2% became positive for SARS-CoV-2 as determined by the PCR assay during a two-week strictly enforced quarantine. How does this compare to the control group that was not tested and not isolated in the case of a positive case? I just seen something fly. I know. That was pretty moist. That was a moist thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch my laptop. (laughs) Have a look at this chart from the study. So the study participants, uh, cumulative of recruits with positive PCR results, 2.8%. 51 of them out of 1848. So exact same. Non-participants, positive PCR, 26 out of 1554, 1.7%. Which is to say that the non-participants actually contracted the virus at a slightly lower rate than those were who under an extreme regime. Conversely, extreme enforcement of the MPIs plus more frequent testing and isolation were associated with a greater degree of infection. I'm grateful to Don Wolt for drawing my attention to this study, which so far as I know has received very little attention from any media source at all, despite having been published in the New England Journal of Medicine on November 11th. This is the kicker. You ready? Here are the four actual media headlines about the study that missed the point entirely. CNN, many military COVID-19 cases are asymptomatic, studies show. Good one. SciTech Daily, 
asymptomatic COVID-19 transmission revealed through study of 2,000 Marine recruits. ABC, broad study of Marine recruits shows limits of COVID-19 symptom screening. U.S. Navy, Navy Marine Corps COVID-19 study finds findings published in New England Journal of Medicine. No national news story that I've found highlighted the most important finding of all. Extreme quarantine plus frequent testing and isolation among military recruits did nothing to stop the virus. The study is important because of the social structure of control here. It's one thing to observe effects from national lockdowns. There are countless variables here that could be invoked as cautionary notes, demographics, density of population, pre-existing immunities, degree of compliance, and, and so on. But with this marine study, you have a near homogeneous group based on age, health, and densities of living. And even here, you see confirmed what so many other studies have shown. Lockdowns are pointlessly destructive. They do not manage the disease. They crush human liberty and produce astonishing costs, such as 5.53 million years of lost life from the closing of schools alone. The lockdowners keep telling us to pay attention to the science. That's what we're doing. When the results contradict their pro-compulsive narrative, they pretend that the studies do not exist and barrel ahead with their scary plans to disable all social functioning in the presence of a virus. Lockdowns are not science. They never have been. They're an experiment in social, political, top-down management that is without precedent in cost to life and liberty. That's from Jeffrey Tucker. He was a guest of ours a few years back. Jay Tuck. I remember him. He was fun. So, but good spin, eh? From the media. I mean, that's the part I like the most out of that. They get their money from the people making the tests and stuff, though. This is a problem. And the people making the vaccine. I know. These are the people that pay for the media. I know. But. Hey, shouldn't that be a conflict of interest? Should be lots of things. Massive corruption. Massive. Lies. Lies. to the socials in a while mostly youtube because it's the funnest oh you got youtube yeah we got on this episode <laughs> oh that makes it pertinent i think right yeah that's good oh boy <laughs> it's awesome you guys blocked me on twitter <laughs> a paying member to your show and you blocked me because i have some opposing views you guys are all that is wrong with the internet. Using it as a tool to spew your narrow-minded viewpoints and to take advantage of like-minded people. Wow. By the way, narrow-minded. By the way, your show used to be good. Now you sound like every other alt conspiracy theorist, just going along with the alt-right narrative with full blindness. <laughs> Thanks, Warp Keys. Ah. Uh, Why'd you ban him on Twitter? I don't know. I I block people pretty, pretty yeah. frequently. For what? Uh bothering me. Usually, I like give you. A, I, I'll be very clear when I'm when I'm like 
Because I don't want to fight with people on Twitter. I don't really want to be on Twitter. I only try to go into the at section where people at. And sometimes people just like, you know, they'll make their point and then they'll just carry on, carry on. And eventually I just, you know. <laughs> and depending on what kind of day I'm having, that, <laughs> that leash might get longer or shorter. And uh, here's the thing. Like big tech, I'm a private individual. Uh, my Twitter page, our Twitter page, mostly mine because I run it. You run your Instagram page, however you like. But the Twitter page is not a free speech zone. Uh, communication is a privilege, not a right. And if you're just going to at hateful shit, you're going to get blocked. Because I have to read that shit. I don't want to read yeah. hateful shit. Well, how about how about some examples? I mean, I'd love to know where we're narrow-minded. I mean, we talk, I, we just talked about balance from the mask issue. I mean, I'm pretty narrow-minded. One trick pony. <laughs> yeah, but how about By some way, examples that, then? I don't have any. I'm not going to be. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I want some examples. All right, I'm so open please to send that. us in examples of our narrow mindedness. Yeah, people. I mean, people were calling us paranoid a few months ago. You are paranoid. It's li- just a little. It's All cute. paranoid people aren't wrong. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, before I forget. So, how's the great reset working out for everybody? I'm we were talking a, about this month ago, months ago, and we were, and we were called paranoid. <laughs> and I'm look what's happening. My life, I look say. what's happening. I mean, I mean, come on. My career. You're sitting up. in there. You, you, you have a you have a social isolation bubble of two people, and we're paranoid. Oh yeah, for some of these people, if you're like listening to the state, you got a real problem. Here's the thing: where the thing where if you don't vote, you don't get to complain. I have the opposite take. I haven't voted for any of these people. None of them. I was very clear you can complain. on my ballot. No, no. So I don't think I have to listen. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're gonna Most have people have time. to because they're working for corporations a, that are listening. Know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the corporations that are forcing the people to do this. We I need to stop supporting these and corporations. The, state. the state's, the looking, the state's forcing the corporations to do these things and the people are stuck they're at work they have to wear a mask or they have to do whatever sounds like fascism it it does doesn't it just like yeah hey that reminds me before i forget so do you guys want to skin the deer too should i leave it like as is and let you guys do the whole thing i i don't know i I need to ask some questions we got to talk about this afterwards I'm not. You look nervous. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I might just you're go just getting, vegan. You're just completely. getting drug along for the ride on this. Just rise, just dragging you in. You're not sure. All right, let's carry on. From Ashley Gypsy, love the show, guys. Always entertained. Loved your airport mask extravaganza story from the other day. Fuck 'em, dude. I still have yet to wear a mask here in North Carolina and got fired because of it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's guys. exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Charlie is a top tier at seeing the bigger picture and always great at banging out pertinent facts on the various control structures placed around us by the psychopathic bankster demons and their corporate captains and Intel community agents. Great guest and genuinely, genuinely good hearted human. What's not to like? I've found that it's impossible to wake people up to this agenda. The oligarchs are going to make our economy scream just like we do to other countries. And at that point, people will line up in the hundreds of millions to get the vax. I personally won't comply. I'm fully at peace with the fact that I'll probably eliminate it by them. You have to be okay in your heart with that. I kind of agree with that. Yep. 
Living off the land will buy you some time, but eventually they'll come for you. <laughs> but I will not live on my knees. Uh, da, da, da. I think a good, uh, a good um, job idea would be to deliver goods and services to the people that are hiding. Here we go. Here's a good one. From the needle. On, uh, on the Good News Show. From 100%. Canadian maple stirrup. Oh, no. Don't worry, Darren. Every time you looked at Graham from a cringeworthy comment, I was looking too, buddy. <laughs> Good for you guys for respecting the old guy enough not to bully him with reality. Well, with our version of reality, anyway. With, with, with it, our narrow-minded view with of reality. With our narrow-minded view of reality. Well, here's one thing. When you say it like that, I kind of almost have to agree with him. When I look at my view of reality over time, it's fairly narrow compared to the the um, enormity of available human experience. But I mean, the way he's saying it is kind of jackassy. I mean, it's he, not the same no, narrow. It's not the it's same. Not the it's same not the narrow. same narrow. No, it's a different context. I digress. Wouldn't wouldn't be nice to debate and destroy an elder who just came to preach good news. <laughs> That being said, I think bad fucking news would be a much better title. Writers have to learn that a title is 50% of the battle. Like my channel name, 100% Canadian Maple Stirrup. Like we're stirring people up and we're all about Canada. 100% nationalism here, folks. Canadians first and last and all the way damn well through. And yes, even the loyal immigrants who are Canadian fight for us and will fight for you. That's a very good spot as any to wrap it Let's up. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Oh, here, we'll do one more because it's about me. It spelt my name wrong, though. Darren was spot on about Trump being used to placate the right from rising up. The right? The right. Oh, I thought you said the bright. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. <clears throat> there you have it. There, That's my line. This is a weird, like, spin around show. I know. So we'd love to have your support. Can't do it without you. <laughs> no, no, no. Go well, ahead. No, I no, 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 no. You can do the support rent. You don't need glasses for that. Grimerica.ca slash support. One-time donation. Any donation. Value for value. No ads. We don't have any ads. No commercials. No like half episode teasers to get you to do the second one. I mean, we don't want to have to go yes, there. We don't want to go there. Yeah. You can email us. Spam us. Twitter. Spam Darren's at Twitter. I'm at Instagram. <laughs> You get a black budget feed with any donation or just budget. an email saying you want it. There's uh, some audiobooks in the black budget, a bunch of episodes as well. We should probably do another round table for that at one of these days, see what's happening. I maybe. was able to get the last audiobook in its entirety in one giant file, it is, which took Which up a whole month's data. Secret societies of all ages and countries. Wow. Wow, that's great. It's eight hours and 42 minutes. We're pushing through some big books. Some big some books. Big, books. big book. Some big secret books. Yep. I shot a big buck this weekend. Personal best. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I saw the pictures. Yeah. Bottom of a coulee. Really? Personal worst. How far away? Did I shoot him? Yeah. I don't know, probably like 180 Isn't that yards. a thing you usually, usually measure? He was running, so I didn't have time. Wow, he was running? You still got him? Yeah. Wow, good for you. We had to cut him in half to get him up the hill. Really? Jeez. It was a fucking mission, bro. That wow. was the hardest extraction I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it was brutal. Wow. Where was it? Down by Travers. Hmm. My spot. I got a little honey hole down there. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, support the show. support. Sign up for the newsletter. Do all this crazy shit we ask you to. Support our narrow-mindedness. Please send in examples of our narrow-mindedness so we can expand on that. And don't say Antifa's just an idea. It's a good idea. If they could just spin it the right way. I agree with the anti-fascist part. I know. That's the kicker. That's how they get you. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with Charlie Murphy Robinson. Charlie Robinson back. New book out, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. Uh, we had you on six months ago, Charlie. I can't, yeah. you know, it was, I thought it was probably right around the beginning of COVID. And I just looked, it was in May. Uh, very interesting chat then. And um, I just finished your book. Fantastic, oh, fantastic nice. book. I'm looking forward to the hard copy in the studio because, again, it's another one of these books that's like a encyclopedia, like a reference book. And you've got the lists and the bullets in there, whether it's from 9 yep. 11 or you know, the bankers, um, fines that they've paid or whether it's, uh, money and politics. I mean, these are, this is, I like the format, right? Because you can give it to people and you can show them the things or you can read it and it's very, you know, referenceable. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, the, I got, you know, the comments I got from my first, the octopus book. Um, yeah, I just wrote that book the way I've, I want to read things, you know, right. so there were bullet points and, and little charts and things that just made sense to me. And, you know, you put the book out, you don't know what, you don't know what anybody's reaction will be. And the one response I kept getting over and over again, it was like, you know, we liked the book, but the thing we liked the most about it was that it was easy to read because of bullet points. And I was like, God, imagine writing a 540 page book. And the one thing that you keep hearing over again is I like the bullet points. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, well, Okay. I mean, I guess that's something. So I took, I made sure that in the new one, whenever there was the possibility to do something like that, if we were getting into a list, just try to make it as easy as possible to read because people are, you know, either, I mean, just visually it's, it just, yeah, it's yeah. easier when you see a little list yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's also, it's also uh, makes more of an impact because I, especially with nine 11, I, we, we've been talking about this for years and I think about it. I just want to see a list of all these anomalies in bullet form, you know? Yeah, hundred or two hundred or whatever they are in bullet form, and I saw you did do do some of those in there, some new ones yeah. actually that aren't really uh, talked about a lot, which was good. Some new sort of nine eleven tidbits I found. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy I'm that. Like, that I'm like you, I, I I prefer it that way. It's yeah. just it's just easier to get through. And when you're talking about nine eleven, there's so many so many things that when you make a <laughs> when you make a list of it, and it's like 
four pages long of bullet points, you're like, oh, well, maybe there is something to this 9-11 conspiracy. It's like, yeah, it took, you know, several pages to fill yeah. this up with with stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I wanted to do that for COVID too at one point, but uh, we, there was an article, actually I read, I think I read it. No, no, I was going to read an article on it. Yeah, there's uh, there a whole bunch of uh, just every little aspect of COVID. And this was three months ago now, probably two or three months ago. And it's, it's an all, it's aging of, well. Uh, did I, did I... Uh, Kind of like the way the way we're talking about like twenty twenty. Uh, it was shared in the union chats a while back. I think it was the tw- the twenty uh, anomalies with COVID or whatever. Right? Did yeah. I read that? Did I read that? I don't know. I, I don't know. That might. Uh, no, I'm not sure. But that might come off like poetry if it was like reading bullet points. Might come off like poetry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. Yeah. Hey, send me your address again, and I'll make sure you get the hard copy because I just got a big box of books. So okay, good. Yeah. I'll, yeah. s- I'll send I'll send one your way. Yeah, looking Signed forward to having book. it. It'll be yeah. a studio table book like your other one. So. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like a reference material. So, I mean, I don't know where you want to go from here that we could talk about current events. I mean, you've got so much in your book, too. It's, I mean, I don't know if you want to go over a little, like, a little bit of background, but I definitely want to give yeah. you a chance to talk about stuff that you feel like maybe you haven't had a chance on all the other shows you've been on. Some sure. stuff well, you feel like I'll you just missed. Tell, or... I'll just, just start kind of from the beginning as to how it came about and why why I wrote it with Jeff Berwick of all people. So I was, um, I was promoting the octopus book back in 2018 and, um, and, and I was on his, his show, the Anarchast, and we got off, we were done filming and, and we were just, just chatting and stuff. And, and he said to me, you know, it's all coming down, you know? And I was like, what are you talking about? You're like, what in particular? He's like banking system, fine. I mean, governmental structures, all the, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, we've got some major systemic problems. And so we just kept talking about that. And he said, we should, we should maybe work on something together, like a book. And I said, okay, well, let's, let me think about it. Let me think about how I, how we could put this in a way that makes sense. And, you know, when I wrote that octopus book, it's eight parts cause it's eight tentacles. And so with this, I came up with that same sort of flow to it, which was, Let's compare the way, you know, when he said it's all coming down to me, my brain goes to building seven immediately, immediately when he says that. So I'm thinking, oh, like a building comes down. Well, I was like, well, maybe we can make, draw the comparison between the way you take down an actual building and the way you would take down this American empire. And so that's what we did. So we've got the chapters are rotting foundation, pre-weakening of the building, identifying support columns, rigging the detonators, who wired the building, ringing the alarm bells, pushing down the plunger and clearing the debris. So within each of those eight categories, we, we go into a variety of topics that, that sort of, you know, paint the picture of what, you know, what, um, you know, the history of empires that, you know, that they follow a very specific pattern. And if you're objective about things, we are at the, the final stage where empires go through these cycles, um, and so we were looking at that, the history of empires and how they work, how they function, how they eventually fall apart, why they fall apart. And it's like all the reasons why they come to an end, we are living through like overextended military, debasing currency, uh, silencing any sort of freedom of speech, uh, science being, you know, turned into a religion. Uh, you know, I mean, just every, everything that we're currently living through, um, bread and circuses, all that stuff it's like, this is the last stage of empire. So, so 
you know, in Jeff Berwick, for for people that are don't know who he is, he's the founder of the Dollar Vigilante. He's the founder founder of Anarchapulco, which is the largest anarchist convention in the world. That well, happens I didn't know in he was the founder of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he's a Canadian guy. He's from um, Edmonton, and uh, he started a financial services company in Canada in the late '90s and took it public, and then dot com boom kind of wiped that out, and he wound up like just buying a sailboat and saying, I fuck it. I'm going to go sail around the world or something and crashed in Mexico, I think apparently, and wound up staying there, met a Mexican girl, married her. And he's been there for like 10 years and and started dollar vigilante. And he's, he's, uh, you know, so he, he, he's, he comes from a finance background. He's an anarchist. So he sees the world. Uh, he sees America in a very different way because he was, he's an ex Canadian living in Mexico has no skin in the game, so to speak for, for the United States. Whereas I'm an American born here, have lived here my whole life. I I'm not oblivious to the flaws. I see plenty of the flaws of America, but, but Jeff has a perspective that I can't really ever have because he's just, he's just not born into this system that I was. So, you know, he's the type of guy that when, when people say, oh, you, you, you like anarchy so much, why don't you go to Somalia? So he goes to Somalia with Luke Radowski. Then they say, hey, you, 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 you want to know what hyperinflation's like? Why don't you go, go to Venezuela while they're having a currency hyperinflation? So he went there. And, you know, and then, of course, he was one of, you know, he and Luke also raided Epstein's island, you know, in bathing, when they're bathing suits with like a glass of wine and, you know, and video cameras and stuff. So he's a, he's a maniac. Oh, I, saw, I think I saw that. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was yeah. Those funny. two guys running around the Island. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's Jeff. So we have plunger so, face then is, is, is the plunger gone down or is it going down? Yeah. What, that's the, a good idea. What phase, what phase they're, they're, they've got their hands on it. They're pushing it down. You know, it, it, it's, it's coming, it's coming. And I take no pleasure in saying that because I, I, I want, I don't want, things to go poorly for, for the United States. I don't want things to go poorly for anybody. I don't, I, but the behavior that we have shown around the world are insane foreign policy with regards to war and sanctions on countries and blocking them through the SWIFT system of, you know, making sure they can't get financial payments and oil for food and, you know, embargoes on oil we we're such fucking assholes. You know what I mean? And not us personally, of course, but the, the American government, they're just the worst behaving people. And, and those, those actions have repercussions. And, and, and we're starting to see a lot of the countries in the world pull away from, um, want, you know, from the agreement to only buy and sell oil in us dollars. We, we saw that with, um, Saddam Hussein was pulling away from that, that system. He got himself invaded. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi was pulling away from that in Libya, trying to, to go to the gold dinar. Uh, he got himself bombed and a knife stuck up, up, up his ass for his troubles. So what happens when these countries start to pull away is that they get invaded and they know that. And, but, but if they all do it, at the same time, or if several of them do it at the same time, it's less likely that we can invade all of them, though, though I guarantee you we will try. But we're starting to see that. You're starting to see countries, you know, selling oil in exchange for gold and things like that. That is that is catastrophic for the American empire, for the, the petrodollar arrangement, for our, our dollar as the world's reserve currency. Those things go away. 
and you you can watch the United States just cave in uh, almost overnight w- with those things. It, it will be devastating to our currency. We've been able to pull this scam on the rest of the world for a long time where we we create these fiat dollars out of nothing from the Federal Reserve, a privately run bank. And then we use these this fake money that's worth nothing except that we're the reserve currency. So we say it has value and our military backs it up. So everyone trusts us. We use these fake pieces of paper to go out and buy tangible goods. So we've, we've got the greatest rigged game in the world, but that's coming to an end. And when it does, we're going to be forced to, you know, change our style of living our our manner in, in which we've been accustomed to for a long, long time. So, but, so it's, it's going to be, um, catastrophic for the people in in the United States. But, but it's been um, by design, right? I mean, I think yeah. you, the good thing you, you also do in this book is you put some context around how this is a long game. It's been a long plan. They've yeah. talked about the New World Order and taking over the states as part of it for a long time now. But yeah. but the way you talked about this this foreign policy and all this buildup, like, was that, was that designed to you know, become the police of the world, take over, like you have to have somebody up there to be able to take over the world. So then they take over the States and thus they have the infrastructure, uh, around the world yeah, to, I mean, to it, control it, it, I guess, or yeah, we, well, what happened was that the United States was very fortunate after world war two, we had no damage to us. Nobody invaded us. Europe was in ruins. Most of Asia was in ruins as well. And um, we were in relatively good shape. We'd lost, you know, half a million uh, soldiers, of course, but that Soviets lost, you know, 20 million. So w- w- there were a lot of countries that had it much worse off. So we had... Um, that's when our, our currency really took over. And that's when we took the lead in the foreign policy uh, department. After that, we stole all of the German scientists uh, through paperclip and they started to go to work on our uh, cold war weapons. And we just decided at that point that we were going to be the new empire. You know, the British empire was, was, was falling apart at that, at that point, it didn't, it didn't have the, you know, it didn't have the power that it had maybe 40 years earlier. And, um, and we were the, the new, the new kid on the block. We had all the technology. We were getting better scientists. We had control of, of the banks. We didn't have to rebuild. We weren't focusing on trying to rebuild factories because we were in good shape. We, then that just kicked off like a really prosperous time for the United States. And if it had just been that, and if we had just been the world's policemen and we had just had our currency extremely strong because of these arrangements, and and even if we just had these kind of shady deals with the oil companies, you know, you know, Saudi Aramco and, and, and these groups, these, these arrangements, if we had just had all that and left it like that, I think the world wouldn't have a problem with us. Yeah. But you're saying we, and isn't it they, I mean, the we, it makes it sound like you're, you know, America, the people or or America, the, 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 uh, America government. Yeah. Yeah, but not, but, not, it, but it's kind of they well, like it's, it's like the, the internet. I mean, it's the all, yeah. making the decisions. Yeah, the Congress but, and the Senate that are the ruling class of millionaires and billionaires that are deciding the direction of the country. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the industrialists that played both sides in World War II. You know, like Ford, who was selling parts to the Nazis, and Rockefeller selling uh, you know antifreeze to the Nazis and, and things like that. I mean, we're, we're so it it's 
it was decided that America was going to run the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was decided by people that are, as David Rockefeller calls himself, internationalists. It wasn't so much that they have any sort of uh, preference one country over the other. They just want it to work the way in a way that benefits them. So America was, was tapped to be the leader there and, um, you know, and, and, and played its role. But then when it started to get, when it started the C, I think the CIA was the, was where things started to, again in to 47, make, right. Again, take or, a major turn yeah. when, when, yeah, it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it had always been this, um, external spy agency like mi6 and uh and it was never supposed to be used against us but but after after the kennedy assassination you know it they felt sort of indestructible and so that part of our our problem part of america's problem is that the intelligence agencies and the defense contractors have such a huge say in our foreign policy that it's you know, it's not what's best for us, the people. It's what's it's what's best strategically for these maniacs that that want totally different things than what we want. Like we want peace and prosperity, and maybe we want to, you know, do business with all these countries over there. The intelligence agencies are are concocting fake event, fake terror events, so that it creates chaos so that then the military industrial complex can can justify their bloated budgets and go bomb the shit out of some country that had nothing to do with it and then the industrialists go in there and suck up all their natural resources and uh you know and loot the place so that is that i think the most telling thing is after world war ii and it seems like a minor detail but but it kind of sums everything up because you know how inverted we get with with things they used to have the the department of war that's what it was for world war ii but after world war ii they switched the name to the department of defense and i would say that there's been no defending going on from that moment on it's always been the department of war i like how you call it department of offense in your book i like that yeah department of offense (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's what it is it's 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 a it's a small word but you're like oh well listen we're defending you you're defending us from what from cuba (laughs) from from china building on islands that are 5,000 miles away. What do you, you know, so we we've taken this great opportunity that we had with the world's reserve currency and all that stuff. And then, and we started like really messing with it, um, in, in the eighties, seventies and eighties when we were, you know, uh, trying to destabilize the Soviet union. And then we had all of the goodwill in the world on September 11th, when we had that attack. Um, I mean, we can get into the details of that later if we want, but, but on the surface, when everybody thinks it's a terrorist attack hitting America, the world felt genuine, genuine sympathy for us. Like, Whoa, that's hardcore. That's terrible. I hope that doesn't happen again. And we took all that goodwill and we packaged it up and we gave it to Cheney and Rumsfeld and those PNAC motherfuckers. And they squandered it by starting indiscriminate wars in countries that had zero to do with 9-11. And after that, man, our reputation around the world has just been in the toilet, and yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. And, and it's an embarrassment. I mean, I'm embarrassed as an American. I'm embarrassed for what my government does on behalf of us around the world. Because, And I assure people, 
that aren't living in America. Yes, there's a small percentage that are like, yeah, bomb them, you know, bomb. But there's a there's the overwhelming majority of people are just disgusted by it. Yeah. But we can't stop it. That's, that's well, you kind, kind of, of stopped it once, didn't you? You kind of stopped the Libya thing with Obama. No, Syria, I think. Or Syria, or, or Syria, that's what it we was. Stopped the, yeah, the Syria thing was, you're right, actually. We did stop it. Well, I mean, that's what... Which we, is what I think the Trump is here for, because the, you guys were too Trump? united and shit. You were, like, united enough to stop your fucking government from going to war, and they had yeah. to solve that problem with infinite division. Yeah, I mean... They're, the thing is, they run the same playbook over and oh, over. Oh, yeah, and now either one of them can go to war with anyone, and uh, fucking half their the half are going to be like, yeah, baby. We're we're such maniacs, uh, this, this mentality of this country. I mean, maybe it comes from, like, our roots, where we just showed up and slaughtered everybody, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe we're just... By default, our country is just psychopathic. I hope not, but it, it seems that way. And and I think that the people are like, you know, the ones that aren't totally dumbed down with fluoride and GMOs and common core schools, you know, the ones that are able to actually think about this are just, they're just like mortified at, at what we've done to all of these other countries. And it's so obvious and transparent when they, you know, you talk about like spreading democracy as we go in on a humanitarian aid mission once again, and start trying to change, uh, you know, overthrow dictators and stuff like that. Like the world is watching this, they're paying attention to us. And, um, and, and one of the things that Jeff and I talk about is we're saying that like, it's the, the destruction of the American empire, but not necessarily America itself. I mean, America will still exist the way Russia still exists after the breakup of the Soviet Union. It just lost its control over all those little Hungary, Belarus, Czechoslovakia. You know, they had to give those up just to defend like the homeland. So that's kind of how we see this playing out as well. It's not so much that America itself just goes away. We don't think that's going to happen, but, but it's, it's, um, grip on the rest of the world. It's thousand military bases. It's dollar is the world's reserve currency, the petrodollar situation, the, 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 you know, our control through banking, our, our, our control through sanctions, all that stuff kind of goes away once everybody decides they're not listening to us anymore. So it'd just be kind of like a neutered down version of the United States. And, and the reason why uh, people have asked like, well, why? What's the point of like, who, who would, who wants to do this? And the answer is those guys that call themselves the new world order, you know, the ones that talk about that stuff all the time and write books about it. They, they've been very clear that their plan cannot be put into existence as long as there's an existing superpower. So we watched the Soviet Union go away in 1991 through getting dragged into an unwinnable 10 year war in Afghanistan. We've done twice as is, is long there. Uh, they had their currency totally manipulated and devalued and crashed their economy. That's happening with us. Um, the oligarch, oligarchs came in, bought up everything. The media was not, you know, was totally untrustworthy with Pravda. They knew everybody knew it was propaganda, you know, so we, we've got, we've got the same things that, that destabilized the Soviet union caused it to break up. The same things are happening to us. Like they're running, the same operation that they ran on them on us. And 
And some of the things that they've done are like bombs that have a 40 year fuse that don't go off right away. Like NAFTA, you know, these trade deals are, you know, like NAFTA allowed us to just outsource all of our factories uh, to China, to overseas, but mostly to China. And everyone's like, isn't this going to be great? You're going to be able to get a, you know, a $3 toaster and a, and a $200 flat screen TV. And everyone's like, yeah, it's great. Well, there's a price you pay for that. And, and it hollowed out the middle class. It took away all those blue collar jobs and the factories and all that money went somewhere else and came back in the form of massive profits for these companies that were keeping their money offshore and not paying taxes on it anyway. So it's like, they, they, they slowly, they lit the fuse on that and it just takes a while for it to, to, to explode. And, and it's been, we've been feeling the effects of it for a long time now. And a lot of the things that happened, a lot of the policies that were put in place that screwed this country up can be traced directly back to Bill Clinton. I'm telling you, man, that guy was one of the worst people in the world. He's, he, he's alive as far as I know. Um, he's one of the worst people in the world. His, his omnibus crime bill that Joe Biden co-wrote with him, um, that put black people in prison on disproportionately long, uh, drug sentences for possession of crack cocaine, as opposed to powdered cocaine. The sentence for crack cocaine was five times longer. And so these guys were getting possession charges where the white guys, you know, cause they considered powder cocaine to be the white guy drug. These guys would get busted for possession and would be out on bail. The black guys would be caught with, uh, with rock cocaine and would be mandatory minimum just for having even one rock five years. It's okay. You know, he's so- going to, he's going to level things out now. He's going to, he's going to, you know, repay all that, that bad stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so Clinton did things like that. He, he repealed glass Steagall, which allowed the banks to become like these monsters. Um, he deregulated the telecommunications industry, which allowed the, these companies to consolidate down into five major, uh, television, you know, conglomerates, uh, media conglomerates. There were 50 when Bill, before Bill Clinton changed that. Now there's five. And they have a dominant control over what we hear and what we read and what we see and what we think. So, you know, these things, he did this in the mid nineties. I think that's the danger of libertarianism, right? Is that like, if you just cut all that regulation, that's what would sort of happen is you'd have that sort of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of an interesting dilemma. It's like, you you have to have some sort of regulation because there's psychopathic maniacs like them that that will will otherwise run it goes total recall but, for sure you know what i mean like that's where you end up where it's like fucking amazon sells you your air and your water and your food yep. and your everything and if you don't wear your mask amazon doesn't give you anything and you wither and die yeah we're getting there and that's and that's of course nightmarish and and these things so these are policies that get kind of passed along and you know they they go through and get passed and then and then it's it's not really much of anything and then 25 years later like we are now we're feeling the effects of all of these things the banks are out of control the media is has a you know stranglehold on information of course, the social media companies are sort of a different version. Well, of they're that they're too, with but, them. I mean, you could just con- yep. group them all together: big tech and the mainstream media and all that. I mean, yeah. it's all it's all the yeah. same. So, and they're going. so powerful and so big right now because of this deregulation allowed them all to just 
you know, buy each other up until they were one big, massive, you know, Amazon of everything. And, and that is, that is totally detrimental to, I mean, there's, there's, there were small and medium sized businesses. And then the Corona situation comes along and, and kicks them in the nuts, you know, and they may never recover. And this reminded me, it reminded me of, um, you know, how like the, the, the old story of the Rothschilds, how they leaked the, you know, about the Napoleon war and, uh, and they had sold all their shares and the market tanked. And then they bought, they bought, bought it all, all back. Yeah, yeah. Then, the, then they released the, the true information was that they'd actually won the war. And so everything went sky high and they're, and that know, was all from information ahead of time. Right. Yeah. yeah that was all from information ahead of time. And, 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 you know, I, I feel like that's, that's where we are. Like pump these pump and dump schemes, you know, like the housing market that I'm in, I work in real estate. So I, I was, you know, living in Las Vegas during that housing market where like they blew up this huge bubble, popped it. And then the banks came in and got everything for pennies on the dollar. And, and you're like, oh my God, what a scam. And now you see the same thing kind of happening now with, um, you know, ever all the business small yeah. and, medium-sized businesses are being forced to close, but you can go to your Walmart. Yeah. Like what, the, oh, what, huh? And, and, and so you can almost feel the scam. Like, let's just send a shock through the system. That'll kill anybody that isn't, you know, strong enough and rich enough to survive it. All the small and medium-sized businesses just get destroyed. And then boom, everybody that made it through comes in and buys all of them up or, or just doesn't have to compete with them anymore. I mean, it. this is unfortunately the type of mentality that people have that are in at the highest levels of government, they think like this, they yeah. think like maniacs yeah. and they have no problem doing that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very scary. I'm so, six months clean from Walmart. Oh, good. Well, I haven't been to Walmart since March. Good for you. Amazon, not so much. <laughs> so here's yeah. the thing. Amazon has everything. My audiobooks are through Amazon. If I don't want to get them through Amazon, I can't get them. Yeah, but that's... Yeah. You can get some of them through yeah, iTunes, yeah. I guess. I go to the library, have... get the CDs, download them into your computer, and then transfer them to your phone. I, I guarantee you, I can't get the books I'm reading <laughs> at the library. So yeah, the... how did how did this parallel to... Like, were you close to talking about the destruction of the Western civilization as opposed to just America? Because I do feel like a lot of the stuff you're talking about is happening all over, especially now. Yeah. I mean, it's more obvious now. But, I mean, Europe's yeah. pushing back. I mean, they, you know, the, the Brexit kind of fits into, the, fits into this a little bit. And, I mean, Europe seems to be pushing back harder than us in North America. We're just a bunch of wussies in north america here compared to them i mean unless i'm just seeing you know odd odd cases but i feel like it's more than just the u.s i mean the u.s has to go first probably Mm -hmm. um like in your analogy of of the controlled demolition but i feel like it's bigger than that for sure yeah yeah they're they're doing a really good job of of destabilizing everybody but but we're seeing the insanity of it in most of the the Five eyes countries, United States, we're out of our minds with, with this whole Corona situation, the insanity of the lies in the media, you guys in Canada, uh, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah. Those are the five most authoritarian uh, countries that are going through this. They're all members of the five eyes. They're all jerking each other off and spying on each other's people to get around all the laws and everything. So yeah, this, it's like a, 
it's like a gigantic contest to see who can be more authoritarian. And, and Australia was winning that for a long, long time. But I feel like New Zealand has taken a pretty, you know, I th- they might've taken the lead. Although the UK is just every day, there's a new regulation. It's, it's stupider than the next. And you're just, and, and then you see, they fucking know how to protest. Let me tell you, the people in the UK and the people in Europe are really good at protesting. They you, like the yellow vest went on for a year. They had to have Corona to, before they finally got those maniacs off the street. So they know how to do it. Right. We in America, the only way we can get off our asses to go riot is if Soros is paying you sixty dollars uh, plus all the bricks you need to go go do it. You know, in an Uber ride there and back from the. I mean, so you think there's but, evidence of that? Evidence of the paying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know because it's. I mean, there, there there's evidence of. Do you remember when the the first like pallets of bricks showed up? Yeah. And it said Acme Brick yeah, on it. Yeah, and guess who and owns? I was like, uh, guess who owns I, shares in Acme? Right. I was like, no, I was, no, my head went to the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, the fucking Roadrunners in on this stuff too. You know, like it, it was so surreal that you would see these pallets of bricks just showing up. But then you're, I was, I was kind of like looking around, like, do you get it now? Like, do you understand what we're, what we're talking about? Like these people are trying to start a fucking revolution in the United States. They're trying to get us to fight with each other. They're trying to break us down so that we're not focused. We're not coming together and focusing on the bullshit. What about that being like um, fourth gen warfare? Yeah. Like, is it, maybe it's not because you got to wonder, it doesn't have to be some globalist agenda either. I mean, that could be, I mean, maybe it is China and Russia sometimes in there because your system is highly... The problem with the free countries is that the countries that aren't free can kind of come in and buy up your stuff and start media companies and sort of just kind of long game you. And now we're in this this thing where social media has made us just manipulatable on a level like never before. And I thought, yeah. you know... They've got the best psychologists in the world figuring out how to do And that's what, like, that's what the tech companies have. You know, they're paying these guys to figure out how to keep you scrolling and keep you tech. And what do you think, like, the, the Chinese, U.S., Russian, Iranian, all these different governments have for, for you know, convincing you whatever, you know, convincing American people to, um, I guess, hate other American people mostly. And they've made a science out of it. It's like perfected. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then you add, you take in, first of all, you, you, you understand that they know how to manipulate you on a scale that you can't even comprehend really. It's just fascinating. But then you, then you take the fear of a virus and then you tell everyone they have to stay home, which is fun for a week while you're watching Netflix. And then it's, then it's weird. Then you take away the jobs and get them terrified of that. And, and the whole time you're manipulating their brain because they're stuck inside watching TV, probably the mainstream media, uh, or online, maybe on social media, you know, seeing some skewed view of the world. And we're like at a severe disadvantage because, you know, all the information you're getting is, is from them. You, you're not able to like get out and go, go around and see if everything's fine. And so, you know, you take all that, 
that stress and pressure of that and the fear of I'm going to die or somebody close to me is going to die or look at these numbers, they're going through the roof and uh, it, and they can manipulate us to do just about anything. Oh yeah. And and it's crazy. And it's like, they got like all 12 candles lit where there's like, and there's like some for every, there's some for every sort of party too, or for every sort of cut of humanity. You got your coronavirus here and you got a Trump's a Nazi and the fascist is here. And then for the people on the right, you got Joe Biden's building concentration camps or maybe some you know, there's always a little bit of evidence for all this stuff to back some of it up, you know, some, Mm -hmm comment or tweet or article or whatever but you know it just seems like it's like your tentacles of global control but now we've got into more like the it's like the eight uh, the octopus of like public psycho psychological warfare and yeah well i we made up a new term uh for for this because the military industrial complex was a term that um, I didn't think really explained much. I mean, it made well, it doesn't sense include when pharma either, like which is now yeah. the big the big thing. Yeah, yeah. So I said, let's change. Let's make it the military information terror complex. And each one of those is sort of a different thing. With where you're talking about the military contractors, uh, the information is all is the media companies and the social media companies, and the terror complex is the uh, um all the think tanks and some uh, private spy agencies, you know? And so all of these, all these different industries that depend on um, the war on terror are keeping us in a constant state of fear, military expenditures, things like that. And so, um, you know, we laid out who the, who those companies were, not all of them, but made a fairly detailed list. And, um, you know, and just just talked about what what their influence means on on the rest of uh, you know on, on the world. They they are keeping us in these wars, and because part of it is the media, the media sells this narrative, and then they benefit from it because not only do their ratings go up during wartime, but they're owned by a parent company, which also owns military, you know, like uh, like companies that make airplanes and bombs and things like that. So like General Electric, which owns NBC, also owns uh, companies that make bombs. So they get money both ways. They, they sell it through the media and get everybody scared. And then the, the you know, problem reaction solution sort of thinking. So they're all dangerous and they work together to cr- shape this reality that we have to be in constant fear of an invisible enemy and it's been terrorism for the last 20 years and now it's viruses and they're going to ride this thing till they can't scare us. Are are they, do you think that's, I mean, this is what I was going to ask you is, I mean, look, let's just say Biden, let's just say Biden loses to Trump in the, or sorry, beats Trump in the, in the SCOTUS. Let's just say he -hmm. comes through. He's already like just today, I think, or yesterday, his, his team of you know coronavirus virus experts are saying four to six week lockdown with pay. You don't have to worry about your money. We'll give you some money. We're going to lock you down the whole place for four to six weeks. Then the vaccine will come out and boom, you're everything's good to go back to the new normal kind of thing. I mean, do you think that 
if Biden makes it, is it going to is it going to go away now because Trump's out and it's going to go away or is it going to get worse? Is it going to ramp it's, up? Because I keep flipping because some people say to me, well, now that Biden's in, he's going to be the hero. He'll lock down for a bit and no. coronavirus will disappear. But I think they've gone way too far to back off of this now. No. I mean, he he is going to but Joe Biden is going to take this to a frightening level. Um, this is. This has proven to be extremely effective uh, to scare us and and to create this great reset that the World Economic Forum is talking yeah. about. Notice yeah. Biden's campaign has started talking build back well, better. That's their that's their website. That's that is straight from the World Economic Forum, and they have plans for the global reset. And that is a future of humanity that you want nothing to do with, a dystopian nightmare. And that's what they're pushing for. So it's going to get worse. The vaccines, the, that's a component of it. The World Economic Forum is no secret. It's Davos. It's the, it's the group that when you hear the Davos event in Switzerland, that's, that's them. Billionaires, uh, corporate you know, leaders, political heads, uh, spy agency people, uh, banks, you know, big, big business, military, it's, it's, they're all there. It's kind of like Bilderberg, but out in the open and focusing more on the money component of it. Oh, and then, uh, and they, and they pretty, you know, they're, the way they word it is very, you know, sustainable green yeah, bill, you know, right. it's all very, you know, you can see how some people are just like, Hey, this is all great. You know, we're going to, yeah. you know, it, it, it is, it's got great marketing and, you know, in part of it, it's, it's like any lie uh, at its core. There's some truth to it. We do need uh, to, uh, to change some things. And we all Nobody want that. We all it. want better uh, environment and less right. pollution. I mean, right. you do a really good job in your book at, at, at showing the difference between pollution and what we really should be doing about it compared to this, yeah. this, you know, nefarious climate change bullshit. Yeah. And that, and that plays into it too. Could the climate change, uh, part is 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 a huge component of the world economic forum's great reset and the in climate the climate change thing is um is a scam unfortunately i mean it it's what i what they what i wrote about in the book is how they they hijacked pollution which is a real thing and they took all those bad things and and dragged it over and called it climate change and the climate change the reason for that is because they want to uh, institute a carbon tax and use that carbon tax as the funding mechanism for their one world government. Now, I'm not speculating about this. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. They write about it. They write about it in their 1971 book uh, by the Club of Rome called The Limits of Growth. They talk about how they're going to invent the concept of global warming, uh, that they will use these things, whether they are real or invented for these purposes, uh, to create the to incentivize people into accepting a one world government. They wrote it. I didn't write it. Dr. Alexander King and David Rockefeller. So, you know, when you read that and you and now you start to see how that plays into this World Economic Forum's carbon uh, system and the Green New Deal and things like that, you start to see they're implementing it. They're, yeah. This is. They're putting this carbon tax in there. You know that guy, Al Gore, that everybody thinks saved the world and everything? You know who his best friend was? Ken Lay from Enron. You know why they were such good friends? Because he was teaching them about the carbon tax scam 
That's what Ken Lay went to prison for was cap and trade his fraud with that. He taught that system to Al Gore and Al Gore is the one who's putting this forward with the climate change stuff. Um, It's a massive wealth transfer. You mean poor Al Gore that got robbed of the presidency and would have made the world a better place? He 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 would have, I think. I mean, I I think he's a con man now, but hell, he would have been better than W. Bush. But Bush had to be there. They needed him in there for the operation. The, the whole thing was predicated on George W. Bush being in there, so he had to. So I'm sure they paid Al Gore off. I mean, I'm sure that they just said, "This is not a fight you want. We'll make you the climate guy." Yeah, yeah. You'll, they you'll probably, be very rich. Well, yeah. Maybe you've got to go go to the Cayman Islands next week and punch in this code in this bank account and you'll see how much money's in there for you. You know what I mean? That, that this is the sort of shit that. that so you that think the system happens. will let a guy that's not in on the, in on the game, get to that level. I don't think so. Cause I don't I, think no. they will. I don't think if Gore's not fully in the club, he doesn't get to be the nominee. No, I no, I, I agree with that. I think that I think that Gore was not a good guy, but I think that they needed W in there because then he could get, you know, Cheney and that operation could had to had to right, have that right. Well, which was not that was 2000, right before 9 11, right? So, right, yeah. right, yeah, 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 it, yeah. Got, so, it got sorted out less than a year before 9 11. Yeah, yeah, in the court, it's a weird sort of precedent that we're sort of looking at 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, as of as of the recording of this, um, you know, we don't know who is going to be the president of the United States, too. I mean, there's I know it's kind of a long shot, but like Trump has has some has some some things going on here in the courts. And they're, they just announced today that they're recounting the state of Georgia. I don't I'm not an expert in elections. I don't know exactly how all that is going to play out. But um, do you think you know, it matters we can't even... who wins or do you think they're both just sort of tugging on the tugging the rope? And I kind of look at it as like they're both sort of they're both sort of pulling you down the hill. One's just sort of pulling you from this direction and the, the, the ropes on both sides. Yeah. And I almost need to pull both sides to get you sort of wiggling. You know, it's like, you know, the yeah. video where they move the Easter Island statues. Yeah. And they yeah, pull yeah. them from the left and the right to get it wiggling. And wa- I feel like they're doing that to get us to walk off the cliff. <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing and we're all and we're and we're clapping we're clapping for nhs in the uk or we're you know we're just we're just brain dead we're 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 lobotomized we're walking right off the cliff yeah we're getting played we're get, do i do i do i think it matters who which one is president i don't know well, I, I think I would, it does for the immediate results and for the for the reaction for oh, the man. violence that's going to happen after. I mean, if Trump pulls this out, they're, it's oh. going to shock everybody that's not paying attention, and they're going to they're going to lose their shit. I think if he doesn't, people are going to lose their shit too. No, I, I don't I, think so. I, I think don't, the trust the plan people. If Trump don't no. win or have had a fucking enough, I don't think so. I think I, I think they're going to just disengage. I, My hope is this. that they'll disengage. I I know I feel like. That was a, a very uncomfortable election that just gross. It was gross the yeah. way they stopped counting. And then all of a sudden, and I heard from independent media, oh, that's funny. Trump's ahead uh, almost by an uncatchable margin in all these key states. And then slowly, slowly, all of a sudden, these big jumps from Biden. Well, I mean, it probably happens like, every election. This is the first time that you were no, really paying they don't attention. Stop. No, 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 no. They don't. They never stop that night. 
they obviously blame Corona, right, for the change in the you know the the system, the process, and all that. But you never Jen stop Briney in was, the middle. Jen Briney was saying they never stop because technically the votes don't have to be there until December. Because they yeah. used to go by horseback. But the, no, but Everything used the, to be done but, by horseback. So right, never, the right, results yeah, yeah. never used to be the same day. I, I you know, never used but, to get them for but the media, the, usually there's one map to follow. Now there's all these different maps and all the media companies are calling shit on their, on their own. They were creating a completely different narrative than what's going on. That's the first time that, for me watching it, I've seen the, the difference. The media actually creating the result in a way. I think yeah. Trump and the media are the ones playing the fiddle. They're the ones yeah, they, know, they're, that's, they're that's, riling everybody up to yeah, uh yeah. to a fever pitch. <laughs> if they win, if they wind up, you know, proving that the left stole it, tried to steal it. Um and I I'm like I'm not trying to say I know people won't believe way, it anyway though, because we're in two different zeitgeists. The, could you imagine those people what they're gonna like the the hardcore liberal like you know the lady that screams at the sky and the you know in all the videos um they're going to short circuit their brains are going to melt they're not going to be able to handle this they're not they're they're emotionally uh, ill prepared as it is already when you see them like out screaming at the at the moon you know and freaking out um, what are they going to do when they realize they have four more years of this? This is going to fucking traumatize people. I don't care. That's Actually, the one reason why. That's, Biden, to be honest, that's the one reason why I feel like it's going to happen because it, it'll cause mm-hmm. such a, a a ripple. I don't know. I still think that the I think that the Trump side is not. No matter what happens, I think that there's tens of millions of people that will not concede. Period. No matter what, like if it goes to the SCOTUS and Biden wins, I think you've got a contingent of people that are that are more dedicated to Trump than people. Yeah, but think. that doesn't mean they're going to get violent. I mean, I don't know. I think well, I think they, you're going to see they are the most well armed. There'll be some false flags, maybe. Oh yeah, for I sure. I mean, that'll yeah. happen if yeah. Biden's in, anyways. There'll be a bunch of uh... for sure. Yeah, that was Obama's specialty. He was <laughs> Mister False Flag. So um, yeah, he, he six week cycle. He, <laughs> man, I I'm I'm not looking forward to the Biden uh, administration if if they are in fact in. Um, it's not to say I'm a fan of the Trump administration, but. Um, I kind of hope I, he wins, to be honest, because I'm sick of people thinking the government's going to save the day. I, I honestly miss the days when we just all agreed that the government was the enemy and that, you know, we had to watch out for them and they were up to no good and we could, they were all up to no good. And I feel like in the last, like, five years, it's turned into this only half the government is evil. And if we get the right—and this is on both sides. The yeah. left is convinced that if the Democrats is in charge or the whatever country, if the left is in charge— Everything will be fine. And yep. the right's convinced that if their people are in charge, everything will be fine. And I, I, it's, it's a weird sort of unprecedented time, I think, in human history for this to be yeah. as, as clear of a divide with two different news sources and medias and, and two it's different just realities. Like, it's, it's two di- the, for the, we're like we're living through two different zeitgeists in the same population at the same time. It's yeah. funny because it started out like a couple years ago is this joke about. You know, there was movie A or movie B or Dimension Universe A B, and Dimension A. B. And now it's like, it's like fucking built upon itself and fract- fractal to the point that it's, 
it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's like you well, it's can't even prove any even... you can't prove anything to anyone anymore because everyone's pulling up their own sources on their phone, and it's all it's 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 who knew who knew the information age would be such a fucking debacle of not knowing what's true. But it's <laughs> such a classic um, um, psychological operation trick tactic to do that to to, to introduce two conflicting or two truths at the same time, like that conflict with one another and keep people like psychologically off balance where they, they can't process it. Like that where they're hearing, they're hearing lies that are made to sound like truths from both ends and they don't know what to think. And, and they get to a point where they kind of, their brain shuts down and they kind of just give up and go, just make it stop. Just, okay, fine. I'll take my shoes off when I get on to go through the, the the thing, the machine at the airport. Just let me get back on an airplane or yeah, I'll take the vaccine just to, just let me go back to work. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And they'll, and they'll shame people for not doing it. I mean, that's the, the problem. Yeah. We were talking to friends in Oregon, the Truthzilla, and man, that you can't even go around without a mask there without the public shaming you. Never mind about Yeah you know, business owners or the government or the cops or whatever. It's just, they, they police themselves there. It's creepy. It's, it's, it's out all, of control. Yeah. So and you think like, where's you know, that gonna I go? think the best thing to do is to move where people are cool. I think that's the best short term solution because it's not going to get better. I don't yeah. see how it just, I don't see how in like a year from now we're like, Oh, I'm ever glad that like blew over. Well, I feel like it's good to around people that kind of, you know, not an echo chamber, but maybe your neighborhood should be, you know, at least think mostly the same as you. So you're not the dude out in the street trying to hold. Isn't that just going to make it worse though? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. I'm not talking about like, I don't know. Like I couldn't imagine if I, if I went around Chestamere and people were like shaming me for not wearing a mask, I would move to, I would be going to little towns around here to figure out where I didn't get shamed for not wearing a mask and move there. And if I couldn't find one, I moved to the country. I think, like, I don't see how else to push back against it. Just disengage and go go where you feel free. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about the, the talking about the two truths? I mean, this having this book come out during COVID, I mean, six months into, well, six, seven, eight, nine months into this. I mean, yeah. it's funny thinking back to when we talked six months ago and how far this has really gone. I mean, it's hard to believe how many, how much legs they've got out of this thing, which is barely a it, thing, but, but, but the who yeah. saying the who coming out multiple times now contradicting what everybody thinks the who is saying. And they're saying, don't lock, we don't recommend lockdowns. And yet everybody then starts locking down. I mean, you're, you listen to the who don't listen to the who listen to the, like, what is the reasoning behind that? Are they, is there messaging that far off? Did they, do their PR people not know what they're supposed to message or are they doing it on purpose to make us completely lose trust in the Western institutions? I mean, that's happening at an all time rate as well. I mean, what, what can you even trust now? Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's it. The CDC has already done stuff like that too here yeah, in the yeah, United yeah, States. Yeah. They're saying don't wear masks, they don't work, don't even bother. It's a waste of time. It's psychological. You're just it you're it's your reaction to fear. Don't don't fall into that. And then 3 months later, they say the exact opposite. Yeah. They say you have to wear the mask. If you're not wearing these masks, then you're going to be a super spreader and blah blah, blah. and then and you're like yeah, but you just said the opposite. And they're like science this is this is the this is the this is what you need to go by and you're like yeah yeah but then why did you say the opposite before and they're like you know and and (laughs) fauci 
<laughs> don't wear the mask. You don't need to wear the mask. And then you got to wear the mask. And then I'm throwing out the pitch at the Washington Nationals game. And then I'm sitting in the stands right next to two people and I've got my mask pulled down. And it, it's all bullshit, right? It's all theater. And, it, but they got so much traction from this. They got so many people to bow down and just be totally brainless and compliant on a level that is fucking embarrassing. Um, but do, you know, you, but do you think they did? Do you think they went rolled with that to see how it went, and they realized how how easy it is, or did they plan on? Like I feel like they were sort of just uh, scrambling along at the beginning. They're not. They're not ready with the technology to do what they no. want to do. They're scrambling even still. But I feel like if we would have pushed back early, maybe, or if something would have. I don't know. I feel like they might not have got this far, but because they saw how easy it was when everybody started wearing masks and they started the messaging, the media, and you know, it's just like what you talk about 201 with the messaging from the heroes, the, the, the celebrities all got it. I mean, it was all just lockstep on, this is how we do it. But I still feel like they, they, they started realizing later on how easy this is. Yeah. They made mistakes early on for sure. Um, they were saying something, one thing and, you know, maybe they, they had to change their tune a little bit later, but they got, they got better. You saw that they incorporated, um, celebrities into the mask, uh, pushing cause they were paying them. Um, that came out that they were actually getting, well, paid. even, even, even influencers, not celebrities, and, but in, 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 in social media influencers too. Yeah. They were paying all these people to, to do this, these mask campaigns. Um, they, you know, they started to have, um, um, oh, what was her name? Oh, they, so then, then they got all the, uh, the mayors and governors involved and they started making, you know, masks mandatory. You remember? So it started off, there were masks weren't, didn't need them. And, and then everything was fine. And the, the numbers started to fall down and it, it became summer. And then all of a sudden things were kind of going a little bit more back to normal. Things were opening up. Yeah, I didn't, nobody had masks on or anything. And then the middle of summer, all of a sudden mask man. Yep. August 1st everybody's here, got, August 1st here. Boom. Everybody's got to have their mask. And, and I think what it was, was that they needed, people were not being fearful of it anymore. It was, it was kind of playing out and it wasn't, you know, we weren't seeing the dead bodies everywhere. So it wasn't that big of a deal. It seemed like they needed it kind of like, they thought it was going to do a lot more than it did. And it, it wasn't all that bad, but the panic w was, was, was dying down. And then the mask mandate. And I was like, well, that they just need a visual representation yep. of a virus. Of yep. something. You know, so if you're, if I walk through the grocery store and nobody has masks on, I don't think anything's going on. If yep. I walk in and everybody has a mask on, it's undeniable that something is happening yep. or I'm, I'm at least supposed to think that something is happening. Oh, it's depressing. No matter what, no matter what side you're on, it's fucking depressing. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's, so then, it, then they just went overboard with like the, that you've got to stay in your, you've got to wear your masks and now we're going to start doing lockdowns and everything. And it's like, like, what is wrong with humanity? Or do they, are they this stupid? They don't see what's going on. They don't, if you have a pandemic, you don't need a public relations department for it. Or you the, don't need to carnage. fucking figure out, go to, go get a test to figure out that you got something. Yeah. A virus so dangerous and deadly that you have to get a, a test just to see if you actually even have it. 
you know, it's like, it's none. If you just step back and use your logical thinking about none of this makes any sense. You can't come in this store unless you have a mask on. All right. So I put a bandana around my face. Okay. Come on in. Oh, problem solved. Are you, are we fucking playing this game? You know, this is, it's medical theater. But do you think that they, part of it is because they know the cases are going to go up if everybody starts wearing masks. I mean, I really do think that this that. is, this is causing a lot of the problem. Yeah, it, We're well, not supposed to be walking around with masks all the time. I think that they probably factored that in. I mean, they do these role-playing simulations. They, they, I'm sure they probably think of masks as like a, as a, you know, also like a, you know, a scary visual thing. There's something psychologically damaging about, or, you know, altering to not see somebody's full face. You know, there's something in our brains that sort of need that. And to take that away has some sort of impact on us. I don't know how you quantify it, but it, it, it does. And, and then you factor in the fact that, that if you're breathing into this mask all day long, then you're sucking in bacteria that grows in there. And it's, it's a, bad for you yeah and yeah. and so it becomes like a feedback loop where the, you know they they get you scared and get your immune system down and get you in the house and not out in the sun and stressed out because you may or may not have a job when this thing is over if it ever ends and then you know so they've got you all uh, all screwed up and then they can do whatever they want to you you know, we're so why, susceptible at that point. I wonder and they why tell so, you to wear a mask and then you you make yourself sick. And next thing you know, everybody they're testing you using tests that don't work uh, to, to confirm that you may or may not have something. And, and and then we've got to lock schools down. Like, what the fuck is going they're on? They're keeping the schools like open I mean, here. They're locking down like a couple provinces acid. and the schools yeah. are staying open. So What's Manitoba's that? locking down, but the schools stay open. Okay. And, the, and the utter... An obvious and blatant hypocrisy in the laws. It just makes people, I mean, I, that this is why I feel like it's a psychological operation. Like they are really trying to cook our brains because they are getting us every way they can get us. It can't possibly organically all be happening in 2020 naturally, right? I mean, it seems like this, there's, it's a coordinated effort to like, this is the year. This it's is discouraging the year we take control too, of the people because you know, like I feel like on the mask thing that there's at least like thirty percent or forty percent of us that are like fuck these masks, yeah. but thirty or forty percent of us won't not wear our masks because it would be way easier, you know, if we could even get ten percent just saying fuck it, then all of a sudden that number would creep up to fifteen percent over a week or two, and more people would see that. But it's like. Nah, it's more like three or 4%, you know, there's just not enough to reach any sort of critical mass among the, yeah. so I let, cause that's like the people in Oregon that are getting picked on. If 30% of the store or 40% of the store was like, fuck it, then you know, that, You're that's not going to happen. The 60 ain't going to pick that's, on the 40. The but... 60 won't pick on the 40. I don't think the 10 will even pick on the four. It's only when it's yeah, like, number a, four, what? like I, I think if you had like 14 people and 10 had mass oh, and four okay. didn't, that's still, I think, not big enough odds. I think you need a 10 to one or yeah. some sort of, yeah. I mean, you can have some outliers, obviously, but. 
It's frustrating well, I, too because the the we we've all know the system isn't working the way it was. You know, we all wanted a new monetary system, or there's you know people can't make their ends meet these days. I mean, this has been going on for decades now. Like the stuff you talk about in your book, the corruption, all that. It's disappointing to see it happen like this. You know, it could have happened for freedom, but no, it has to happen for the great reset. It's just and and people right. are people are frustrated with their local police and governments and then they they think that this this global government this unelected like an eu style global government's gonna be better like if you don't even trust your local cops how are you how do you think that they're gonna run the world you think it's gonna magically get better at, at that level i mean they're they don't know there's they're they don't have the experience they're no stupid. but but yeah but i mean I don't even want to use that like them being stupid or anything. I don't think that it's a, it's that they're stupid. They just, I guess there's just a, a belief in these people or, or like that, that, I mean, the mob I is just as much of a problem. I mean, this is the problem. I mean, the mob is like this fickle sort of wild card that right now is causing just as much problems for us with mass as the fucking elite are the mob. I mean, this is a problem. Yeah. We're, we're against, that's why I feel like you're just better off just fucking backing off until you can't back off anymore. And then just, I don't know, once you get into a corner. It really makes you disengage. I mean, especially after what's going on down there, I feel like just disengaging from everything. Come to yeah. the dark side. Come to the dark side. Yeah. Get off of it. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing, man. I, I feel like, uh, and you know, we've got the vaccine situation now getting talked about all the time and oh. So many people are just like, well, once we get the vaccine, then everything will be fine. And it's like, no, no, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I'm willing to have the conversation with anyone that's that's interested in having the conversation. But I think a lot of the people aren't aren't even interested in listening. They just I want the vaccine. It's going to save me. I get a shot. It fixes everything. I'm going to you can't talk me out of it. And I'm like, OK, go. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that it's just like that, you know, $300 billion a year market grab? Because, I mean, for those pharmaceutical companies, what do they care? Yeah, let's just... Well, well they've already got they, a lot of the funding, right? And they own the pharmaceutical... They own the fucking... The pharma companies seem to own the televisions more than anybody else. I mean, other than the actual owners of the television companies, it's the pharma companies that are paying all the money to pay the salaries and keep everyone yep. employed. And nobody's buying drugs from advertisements they've seen on TV. We know that. Nobody. I ran a survey. Not one person said yes. They've not, not one person said, I mean, the odd person probably buys some Viagra, right? Maybe. They're feeling yeah. a little randy. They see a Viagra commercial. They haven't got it up in a while. They're like, fuck it. I'm going to get some Viagra. That's the one example I can see. I can't see anyone else being like, you know, when the last 10 seconds of the commercial or, you know, you're going to bleed out your eyes or whatever. It's just not happening. So they're paying that money so that. They can control what the media is saying. And um, it's, so they've kind of got that market already. And you've got, and the mob and the politicians are, and I'm not, I'm don't, I'm not like, I'm not giving them a pass here because I think they're all sort of trouble. But um, the mob and the politicians, even to a certain extent, become beholden to this. Like, I, like I'm using our premier in Alberta, for example, for who seems like he would like to just say, fuck the lockdowns and stuff and let's just work. But if he does that, half the province is going to literally compare him to a fucking Hitler. Right. Telling him, you know, he's literally at that point where the, where the public's so drummed up, 
you almost it gets even for a politician that wants to like a Trump, it gets hard to because you know you're you've got to play to this mob to a certain extent. And I think that pharma is going to have, I mean, this is, uh, to me, this is almost the best case scenario is that pharma is going to drop this up and they're already using the antibody argument, right? They're saying, oh, these antibodies wear off fast. And <laughs> I think it's going to turn into a new flu shot, except it's going to be like a mandate for a bunch of things. If you want to do this, you need, if you want to do that, I'm hoping that their market will be good enough that they can get enough people just signed up that they don't have to do the mandate. They can just say, hey, you know what? We're going to sell enough of these. Or the, the thing with the vaccines is the countries are buying them. So they don't have to sell Charlie Robinson a vaccine. The USA is going to buy you one anyway, so you can just go anywhere and get it for free. They've bought your yeah. vaccine already. So the markets are there. And, I mean, when we were talking to Dell Bigtree, I think he was saying you're looking at, at the low end, you'd be looking at a three to a $350 billion a year industry if they can make the COVID an annual shot. Jesus. So you start to see where shutting down the economy and starving out a bunch of people in poor car, you know, just where the 20, because it's hard to see how it could be worth it unless it is a complete clampdown. But I think we're at the point now where the best case scenario is that it's just the pharma companies fucking busting our balls to try and sell us a bunch more vaccines and make, you know, a trillion dollars every couple of years. And I think that's the best case scenario. Yeah. The worst case scenario is that the military is involved. Yeah. Yes. And that is, unfortunately, if you read any of the Whitney Webb stuff on it, it's what Operation Warp Speed is. It's this blending of big tech, military, and big pharma, which is like the gangbang you don't want, you know? Which is kind of uh, what you might have had these private sectors and seen like a free market for a long time so you could build those things up and then just... And now you've got 1984. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they've got us in a, in a situation where we are becoming like increasingly more and more locked, like have the ability to be locked down physically, like physically and uh, from a communication standpoint. I mean, uh, I'm, I was fully expecting the internet to go out right before the election. I thought that would have been a nice little touch to add some chaos uh, into this. I mean, we, we're, we're so dependent on, on, on big tech for, for all of these things. And it, I think one good thing that's, I think has came from this election was that a lot of people that were sort of not normally paying attention to censorship saw the insane censorship that was happening online with social media and online with, with the mainstream media with like the Hunter Biden laptop stuff and, and the people getting, watching them get deplatformed or people that are tweeting and having warning stick labels on their tweets, you know, that go out saying that this, this information is disputed. And stuff. I think that one, it's just, it's woken up a lot of people to like the role of big, big tech uh, in this world that we're living in and how like, we need to be very careful with them because we are entrusting them with a lot. And they are not very trustworthy and they have deep ties to um, the Pentagon, all of these big social media companies and, and, and tech giants are all have ties in one way or another to the Pentagon. So it's a, it's a day, you know, it's like you let DARPA just run wild with their ideas and they come up with those robot dog things, you know, <laughs> that, with machine guns on them and shit. So it's like, we got to be very careful if we allow these big tech, um, 
people to, we elevate them to this pedestal and make them all godlike. Mm. So what do we do, Charlie Robinson? Yeah, I was going to ask how you handle this personally, like reading your book. And I mean, the stuff we've been talking about recently, like with the, with the politics, with the, with the COVID, with the new world order, with the great reset, like how do you, how do you stay grounded, happy, content, like after researching all this shit and putting it into (laughs) a big book? I mean, really like, well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit depressing in some cases because, you know, you, you see this, um, well, there's two, two components. You see this push by these, globalist maniacs and what they want to do. And, and it's, it's blatantly evil. And some, and in some cases it's right in your face. And, but the frustrating part is that then you have this big sea of humanity that is blissfully ignorant, like, like so dumbed down and, and so incapable of paying attention. And you want to like, wake them up and say like, we need to be paying attention to what's going on here. This is, this is serious business. If we're not, it's going to affect you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to affect all of us, all you people. This is a big deal. We need to address this and like come together collectively and stop some of this stuff. But you get just apathy, you know, you get a bunch of people that are, that are fluorided out, man. And just, and and, and that's where my frustration comes from because the only way this is going to change is if we have a, a mass awareness of it, you know, that, that we are acknowledging that we have some seriously uh dangerous people in positions of power in our government and in big tech and we have this blurred line between big pharma and the government agencies and they're not really regulating them even though they say they are and so there's a lot there should be a lot of distrust in the population and i think that would actually be a good thing because then that would be that would start to to change things but right now we just have a bunch of nothing nothingness a bunch of people that aren't even thinking about it they're not they don't even know that they're supposed to be angry about what's happening so until that changes until we have like a mass awakening it it becomes a a matter of like take care of yourself take care of your friends take care of your family talk about it as much as you can make preparations get yourself i'm not trying to be like doomsday guy I i fucking hate saying it i wish i was talking about football and baseball and stuff. You know, I wish I wasn't feeling like the need to talk about this, but like, this is what we see. We see really bad things on the horizon because the people that are in charge are the worst people you could possibly have in charge. Like Bill Gates and these guys, they have a, a blueprint for humanity that they talk about and they write about that, that takes us back to a feudal society with the serfs and the kings. Yeah, they That's want the way, they really if we're even alive, yeah, that is. Yeah, they really want I mean you you labeled it perfectly because you called in your book the middle class as the haves and want mores or something like that. And yeah. I feel like this for a while now they've been like, how do we get everybody down on this level except for the whatever percentage of the people or the ruling class up in that level, which is like all the dystopian pre-program movies like Elysium and all these other things yep. that, you know, you're in this, in the, in the shack, what do they call that in the, in the video game movie, the, you're in this, the stacks or the shacks or the stacks, I don't know what whatever it is. About. And, and, you know, and it, it's a completely just a different society altogether. They're, they're pushing they us that. towards that. Yeah. They want that. They want that for us. That is the plan for us. And like, if we don't now, the good news is we can stop that. 
if if we all rise up and just collectively do not comply with this insanity we can change a lot of things but it's the problem is getting everybody on the same team to to stand up against this which is the reason why we're constantly divided into yeah. Republicans and Democrats and white people versus black people and rich and poor and smart and stupid and, you know, uh, mask wear and not mask wear. You know, it's just constant division of us into smaller and smaller groups bickering with ourselves about shit that does not matter while we're not coming together and focusing on them and the fact that they are trying to enslave us and, and we're allowing it to happen. We're being compliant with it and we're, we're walking into it and we're getting sold like this really great new version of the future, this great reset and everything. And I get it. It's like, I have a marketing degree. I understand how the, some of this stuff works. Like these people are very good at what they do. They're very good at marketing and the marketing that they have for this great reset looks amazing, but I'm telling you there's more to it. And it's a, it's a, it's a digital in, in some case, physical enslavement. If we're not already, you know, eliminate kind of because there. they talk about the depopulation agenda too which sounds fucking bananas the first time you hear it you're like get out of here with that you <laughs> conspiracy theorists but you're like oh we did more here. for depopulation like, this year than we have ever and that's i'm not talking about coronavirus the amount of people that are going to start death in the next 12 months because of lack of foreign aid and everything else is going to dwarf what coronavirus kills for the next 20 years yeah they want us dead. and the right people, the people they want to die. Yeah. Which we're, seems we're, to be like mostly the, that's hard. That's a hard people. one for people that, that, and the, the long game is mm -hmm. hard for people to grasp. You know, we're stuck in this short term gratification cycle with the four year elections and all this other stuff. You know, you gotta, no, oh, most people are in like a fucking three hour gratification cycle at this point. Or a, yeah, yeah. You know, get to my coffee break. I can check my phone and see how many likes I got. And, but it's hard to imagine yeah. somebody in the in the in the globalist, let's say the Bilderberg group, planning for beyond their own lifetime. But this is what's been happening for hundreds of years. I would say. Yeah, it's the most like. I hate to say call it impressive, but it is impressive. The the. The fact that they take this long-term approach to things that they're able to like plan a hundred years out. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, a lot of them won't live to see their fruition. Yeah. Yeah. All mm. this stuff come, but, but, um, so we're just at a, it's, we're at a severe disadvantage because we just can't even comprehend that we're what we're actually even up against. Yeah. You know, most people just aren't even, thinking about it you know they're not even they're not even questioning a lot of this stuff and uh, let alone coming to the understanding that there is this big octopus that i wrote about in the first book uh, that is involved in all aspects of our lives and and we we can pretend like it doesn't have that big of a impact on us but it but it does it just permeates everything and so we've got the numbers that's the one thing we have like in our in our you know, as our tool to use against them. Um, and we can withhold our attention from them and our money from them and we can stop playing their, their games and we can, you know, but, but man, that is such a tall order to get everybody on board with that line of thinking that, um, that you also sort of have to have, you know, a, a backup plan, which is okay. If in the event that we don't all collectively get more, our shit more together, like a concurrent and, plan. Right, right, right. Exactly. So it's like, 
you know, I need to know what I'm what I'm going to do if they make the vaccines mandatory. You need you a know, fake or note. They, they tie it to a to a social credit system. Is we that where was your line in the sand? We need a doctor you know? in the community. I feel like we need a doctor and a lawyer and a priest so that we can have a religious exemption Sounds like a and bad a medical joke. exemption. I know it could be, it'll probably end up being a bad joke by the end of it. But, you know, I feel like if we should all pitch in and send a kid to medical school so he could give us all like medical exemptions and give us like, you know, whatever that exact medical exemption is that gets you out of that shot. It's like, yeah, all these motherfuckers, all these crazy motherfuckers got, you know, herpes. So I can't get the shot. Right. I have no problem with forgery. This is, I honestly think I do. I do because I, because it's, I don't, I don't just not comply because that that isn't, that is complying though. You're using an exemption. That's not, not complying. That's, that's that's the problem. Disobedience in my opinion. Well, yeah, but it's, I'd rather people did that than threw a brick through a window or yelled at anyone. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't advocate for any of that, but people just have to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing that. You won't even do that though. What do you mean? I'm not going to take a vaccine. That'll be the line? What line? In the sand? Because I thought I was hoping it was going to be the mask. I wear my this is bullshit mask when I have to. This is the problem. You got to get rid of that. (laughs) But I don't see it happening. I mean, I flew yesterday. I was the first fucking person that they have ever seen fly without a mask. (laughs) Yeah. In in however many months. Because he had his exemption. Because I have a note. You want a note? I'll get you a note. Yeah. We could talk. I think in a lot of ways, that'll be at least the short term plan. If you want to, yeah. if you want to carry on, you're going to need to figure out a way to, you're going to have to, if they, you got to beat them at their own game sort of in a way. And if they, they're, if they give you these outs, you got to figure out a way to get through those so that you can at least, I mean, otherwise, I mean, if you can't like work or use the internet or fly or like talk to Thank yeah, I'm, I, I know you what you mean. you can't come I'm, here and do the show anymore, how are we going to tell people about it? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm not against the getting it, but I just wish that, that that does, as long as that doesn't take you out of the fight, because then you're just, then you're just leaving. Well, I'm not in the fight. I just have my note as like an extra weapon in my fight. Yeah, that's fine. But as long as that doesn't do that, because it gives a false sensation to the powers that be that their plan is working. Yeah, but not when I'm walking through the airport with no mask. I know that's good. I'm proud of you for that. I feel like I wish I had 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 music playing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'd try it in the states. They might just. Uh, I'm going to be flying in like ten days. Are you going to wear a mask? We should try and get you a fake note. Yeah, give me a fake note. My wife will kill me if I get if I get thrown off the plane. Do you have a note? Go get you. Go get a note from your doctor for something else and send it to me. Okay. Go get like a Charlie can't work because he has a headache note. It'll kind of go viral. <laughs> kind of go viral when he's got his own book there about the controlled demolition of the American Empire. <laughs> uh, yeah, go get it. Go to your doctor and say I need a note just, uh, for some work yesterday because I was sick. I'm gonna wear a Alyssa Milano signature model crocheted mask. There you go. There I you seen go. the Indian on the plane was wearing a straight out of quarantine shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have some fun with it. I don't know. I mean, I did talk to my family. I like. I said, look, just so you guys know, my plan is I'm not taking the jab. I'm just letting you know. I don't know what's gonna to happen to me, but I'm not taking the jab. They might kill me. <laughs> so I mean, I'm giving people like my loved ones a heads up that that's the. You know, me I'm not either. doing it. 
At least you can like drive across Canada still if they cut out the planes. There's too many little roads to block oh, off, yeah. right? They can never <laughs> fucking stop us. Never. There's not enough. There's not unless they get the states or China involved. There's not enough fucking military to stop us. Not even close. There's too many. It's too flat. Too many roads. They could maybe stop us from getting through the mountains. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, they could probably you could block you from around, BC. But yeah. they could, there's yeah. only a couple of passes through the mountains. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like in a roundabout sense that you know the world could use a little more love is sort of the answer. Yes, always. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we've got. We're on like this beautiful planet. We've got amazing people. We're doing interesting things. There's just a very small percentage of people that are fucking it up for the rest of us, and they have got to go. And they're in high positions of power. And um, but there's hope. There's hope. You know, we can do this. We just have to collectively sort of come to you know clump up, get as many people in you know, educated about these things as you can. So, uh, when, once we do that, we can take back, I mean, it's not over yet. I, I, we, we end the book, you know, in a positive note, we talk about how there's, there's some, you know, there's going to be opportunities in the wake of this stuff. So, um, you know, don't, don't despair, you know, stay vigilant, but, but man, it's like now, or it's, it's really like now or never, I I feel. Yeah, Yeah. And I, because we're 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 slipping into the the potential for a real dystopian nightmare and um and we know they want to do it we don't have to question that it's just can they do it or not and part of their ability to do it will will be predicated on on how much we allow them to do and if we collectively you know come to some sort of line in the sand where we say we're not doing that we're not participating in this bullshit anymore i'm not canceling thanksgiving because gavin newsom in california says that you can't have more than two families and you can only stay for 2 hours i'm not doing any of that you know that people need to just say enough and and if we do that things change but if we if we're compliant and obedient um they're going to steamroll us because they don't respond to that. They see no reason to, they don't respect us and they don't, they don't care what we think and they will steamroll us unless we stand up and say, we're not part, we're not doing this anymore. But, but once we do, we, I just saw a great video in Italy where they were out there protesting against these lockdowns and they got all these cops cornered and they were chanting at them and they're chanting. And then all the cops took their helmets off, you know, and they're, and they're like, everyone went crazy. It's wow. Like, all these cops, all these authoritarian, uh, you know, brown shirts that are out there that are going to be administering forced vaccines or, 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 or border crossings or, or, you know, blocking off states or doing what they're doing in, in, in Australia and everything like those guys are, you're all, just remember, you're all one bounced paycheck away from switching teams. Yeah. You know? I, I, I heard uh, in England, I think it was in Birmingham, maybe they're, they're chanting, there was a protest in the middle of the little town square and that they were chanting at the cops. There was a bit of a scuffle between the cops were surrounded by all these peaceful protesters and it was pretty peaceful. And they're, and they're saying, choose your side, choose your side, like chanting at them to choose your side, like just Mm -hmm. ridiculing them for that. And then in, in, uh, in Australia, there was hundreds of people chanting at these, these, this press, uh, these reporters tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. Like, I got a little emotional. I'm like these, it was hundreds of people calling out the media for their fucking lies. It was amazing. That's what we need. That, that has a, that has a contagious effect as well. And, um, I say what you want about Trump. He's a maniac of 
epic proportions, right? But but he called them fake news and it resonated with people because they know they're fake news. They know that they're lying. They know that they're being lied to. They don't know how the extent of it. But if we can start to get people angry against the media collectively and, and take take away their power, that's a huge step in the right direction. That's something that, that we have the ability to do. The media pisses us off enough already. Like, all we have to do is come together and say, like, let's let's go after them. Like, let's let's either submarine their ratings or let's uh, make things so difficult for them that they, you know, let's let's just constantly point out their their blatant lies and their manipulation of the truth and the things that they do, like that. There's the CIA desk is right in there. I mean, let's point at these things out. Let's discredit them. If we can discredit them, then that's one less piece of one less weapon that the deep state maniac group has to use against us. You know, same with banking. You know, we have the ability to to, to take our money out of that banking system. We should do that. And it, you know, might not collapse the banking system, but it it certainly would would help. And and we don't need them anyway. And they're the enemy of humanity. So so like we we're not helpless in this. We can, we play a role and we can withhold our attention from things or our money from things or, you know, if, and if enough of us do it, it has an impact. So I, I, I think it's important to realize like it would be nice if everybody got on board and did it, but in the absence of that, I'm going to get on board and do it and maybe talk to my friends and family around and maybe they'll get on board and do it and then it'll spread. So, so we, you know, we're going to have to be our own advocates on this. You know, we're going to have to f- stand up and make a lot of noise and talk about these things, about these really uncomfortable topics with people close to us and yeah. have them understand it, man. And it's like, it's like, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. We, the wall is being built around us. If we don't like acknowledge it and change something, we're fucked, yeah. you know? You have any other questions, Darren, or do you want to no, say anything? No. How's the book going so far? Number one bestseller on Amazon. Woo. Is it Camp? Yeah. It really? Was the number one bestseller. It was. Uh, it, no that's, way, that's, dude. That's awesome. That's Jeff Berwick, man. That's his audience. You know, Holy that's his dollar vigilante audience. It 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 in seventy two hours they. Boom. Wow. I good for you. That's whole, fantastic. Watching it the whole way. Yeah. I was, I'm very pleased. I'm very happy. We priced it 15 bucks. We made it 15 bucks instead of 25 and we made the Kindle $6 instead of 10. So we, you know, tried to just make it Get as it affordable there. Yeah, as yeah. Could. Yeah. and, um, and, and make sure that people, you know, don't have an obstacle to towards buying it. I know that it's, it's on Amazon. That is look, and we, we understand the frustration that is the deal with the devil. And, and, but, but we're using them, you know, and like we, we see it like this, we're using their distribution channels and their book printing capabilities to get out the message that hopefully will end, you know, a lot of this horrible shit that we're, we're living through. So yeah, we've been extremely pleased with the, with the, um, with the, with the sales of the book and just the general enthusiasm. And so if people are interested, it's called the controlled demolition of the American empire. Uh, you can search my name or Jeff Berwick's and it'll come up. And, um, and I hope, I hope you like it. And I hope you maybe buy it for, for somebody in your life that, um, 
maybe doesn't quite see these things, you know, or, or, is, or, or is new to the information as well. Uh, I feel, feel like we do a pretty good job of laying it out in a, in a easy to understand kind of way and, and, and try to not get too technical with it. Um, so, so that's it. Yeah. And I agree, man. Wanna, people can, if people are says I have my podcast is called macro aggressions. Right. Uh, that's available on David Ike's platform, iconic, and also Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And then of course we do the union of the unwanted group podcast twice a month. You guys are always there. Always welcome. You have an open invite every week. Um, and we just bring on interesting people and talk about what's happening in the world and, and people have, I, I don't know how you, the response has been for, on, to the people on your end, but we, we just keep hearing like people love that show and yeah. they want more of it. Yeah. So. That's great. Yeah. No, it's been really good. And awesome. the audio book is coming out in a few months, right? What's I mean, that? I'm a little offended. You didn't come to Grand America for the audiobook. A little, I'm disappointed. But the audiobook's coming in out in a few months, so I can't wait yeah. for that. I'm a big audiobook fan, so I can't wait to hear Not Graham read it. I mean, I do listen to a lot of Graham, to be fair. So it'll be nice to listen to Not Graham. <laughs> yeah. Not that Graham doesn't yeah, have a great got... voice. I just listen to hundreds and hundreds of hours of Graham. Yeah. Well, we've got um, Patrick Smith doing it. He's a guy that Jeff Berwick turned his Anarchist podcast over to it he's got this deep booming voice so every he's gonna make he's gonna make the book sound super duper important kind of you know i don't know yeah yeah that's great something great so we'll see and uh yeah and if anyone wants to connect with me you can find me on twitter at macro aggression and uh my website is the octopus of global control.com uh, where you can buy my, that that's my first book. You can buy the digital version there, or you can get that uh, paperback on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm recommend your book to everybody for Christmas, give it to your families, your friends. I mean, it is one of those books. It's like a reference. It's reference material. You got to get yeah. off the Twitter, join the chats, America.ca slash chats. Oh, okay. We got to get more of the guests in the chats. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll give you a f- your own color. <laughs> cool. What's your favorite color? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm not six. So, uh, <laughs> my favorite color is, I don't know, blue. I think blue's open. You're in. Blue's open. Cool. Yeah. Right on. I get to pick the shade. <laughs> it's going to be very South Beach, I can tell. <laughs> totally. It's good to chat with you again, buddy. Yeah, man. Good to talk yeah. to you guys, too. Next well, time we're in Colorado, the- we'll have to hook up. Yeah, I'll see you on Union of the Unwanted. But but put your uh, send me your email ad- or your uh, physical address. I'll get that book out to you. All right, buddy. Okay, Sounds congratulations good. on the book. Oh, thanks, man. Okay. I appreciate it. All right, see All you, right, buddy. bye, guys. Chat for now. Now was a chat. It's fabulous, uh, Charlie Robinson. I always wanted to call him, call him Charlie Murphy for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it was fun. That was good. It was a good book. Honestly, dude, it was. Uh, it's got to be here. It's got to live here because we can reference it all the time. Did you just read it all digitally? I voice did. streamed it. I did. I voice streamed it. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I only mostly, had it PDF wise, right? So you do mostly fake audiobooks. Uh, no, I tr- whenever I can, I do the real thing. But yeah. if I don't, and all I have is a PDF, then man, I I just uh, has that gotten I, better I, over I, the years? Over the over the years of the show, has the PDF reader improved? Yeah, but I mean, today I had to like crank it up. It was. Pretty- of the fourth industrial revolution to support the public good, especially by addressing health and social challenges.
During the COVID-19 crisis, that companies, universities, and others have joined forces to develop diagnostics, <laughs> therapeutics, and possible That cannot be good for you. I, th I heard some people listen to us on speed and a half so they can get through more content. Yeah, speed and a half is better than don't go lower. That's for sure. Don't here's, go here's, lower. Here's, the, uh, here's it at a better rate. If you go to like one point. Therapeutics and possible vaccines. Establish testing centers. Create mechanisms for tracing infections and deliver telemedicine. That's pretty good. Right? Here's my guy right now. He's pretty good. His name's, um, what's his name? Steven his name? something. No, I'm not listening to any Stephen Pacey right now. I'm waiting for the new book to come out. But uh, this fellow's name is Jonathan Keeble. Want to hear a little? Yeah, sure. Chapter 3. It turned down a bit. The crew of the Eftweird turned fire dragon. Oh my god. Had been as sinuate with me. <laughs> they were fighting men. And they were offended that Otter the Younger had taken credit for a battle they had won. That's cool. Right yeah, it's like your old grandpa telling you a story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to Charlie for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, I got the thanks. I got a better best case for you before you wrap this up. You got a what? A better best case. You were talking about the best case vaccine thing. You want some hopium? Okay. Trump wins. Just just brings out this whole COVID scam. Just just the whole thing's a scam. Just brings it all out into light. And everyone believes him, so for some reason. <laughs> no, that's not the best I case. Think that'd and be then, great, and but then I don't no, think no vaccine. No. I don't think anyone will believe him. Yeah, that could be a possibility. This is a problem. I mean, he's saying that he won the election. Nobody <laughs> believes him. <laughs> to be fair, he probably did win the election, but I'm not sure anyone believes him. Or at least the right people don't believe him. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think do you think he could get together with a bunch of other doctors and scientists around the world? Like, what if they're working on this plan in the background to bring this out to light, this takeover? Without the news agencies, I don't see. Without getting the media on his side, it's going to be tough. Yeah, because, I mean, that would be the, the, the global national movement would have to do that, you would think. Pulling it off in either direction without starting some sort of major, major war. Yeah, yeah is going to be from either side. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's the dance of trying to figure out. In some ways. Yeah. Like if you were to truly stop the, the globalist takeover, that's what you'd have to do really at this point is say this whole thing is a big fucking scam. But I, like you said, without the messaging He's kind aspect, of been saying that for four years. Not to COVID, no, no, but I'm talking to about everything COVID. else. No, this is COVID, yeah. though, because it's ha COVID is the vehicle of the takeover right now. True. Anyway, big thanks to Charlie Robinson for coming on the show. Yeah. Hopefully, Graham's better case comes true or something. Any better case. I was just sort of mostly, mostly joking. You know. Jokium? It wasn't joking. hopium, it was jokium? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, big thanks to you guys for listening to the show, for putting up with our lazy ramblings. Uh, if you can support the show, that'd be fabulous. We could always use some more supporters at grandmarket.ca slash support. We run this show completely uh, ad-free, sponsor-free. We need you guys to support the show. We took, uh, you know, we kind of took a hit this year with the COVID, costing everyone their jobs, and we're, we're calling our way back up. But if you can afford a monthly, that'd be fantastic. America.ca slash support. One-time donations are great, too. The monthlies really are easier to, like... The monthlies, we know kind of what our budget is and what our... It's easier to work, though. I mean, 
we don't we're not we're not going to say no to one time donations anyway but america.ca slash support if you're getting some value from the show uh send some value back our way decide what it's worth to you a buck a month two bucks a month ten bucks a month you decide go america.ca slash support uh, check out the show notes. There's a bunch of ways to support the show in there. Don't cost any money. Newsletter, grammaric.ca slash news. I think up over a thousand people. I was just going to mention the black book con, the black budget content is, uh, is free or, you know, it's by donation, but we'll give it to you for free. If you want to email it, email us and we'll give you a link to it. And there's some audio books in there and some old podcasts and some good round tables and stuff like that. No, Our extra content. Secret societies book. I got to throw in there soon. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and I just saw a synchro in the chats as I said war. I was reading that he was reading the word war. I like I love those little synchros. You Makes you them. wonder, yeah. You love them, yeah. Anyway, and thanks for joining and and to the live stream. Yeah, yeah. we love the live stream too. Anyway, thanks for listening. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Now's when you thank the live stream people. Oh right. Oh, we were still recording the outro? We were still recording the outro. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the live show, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, seen a couple of super chats. We appreciate oh, wow. that, too. That's great. Thanks. For America.ca yeah. support. Even better. Message retracted. That's right. We had a lot of people in there today. Yeah, I think we're up to almost 100 for a while. Garden Revelation. Yeah, this will be, uh, be fun. We're going to, we're going to, we're, we're, uh, we've got some, lots of podcasts lined up. We're going to do doubles. We're going to be on some other shows as well. It's kind of hard to fucking schedule right now, actually. Double, 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 yeah. double. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the live show. We'll be back uh, next week. We're back next Wednesday with Jamie Janover. And then the Tuesday after that, we got Adam Apollo and Stu Suzanne Crocker. And then we're on the Mikeadelic podcast. And the Melt. Both well, that's not till like December though, right? Yeah, that's not till December. I'm talking about next week run, Mike. Right, Dylan. right. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh we'll see you motherfuckers later. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Does anyone think about it or as few have publicly said? Central banks run government despite constitutions in the pledge. Doesn't matter who you vote for, the government still gets in based on lies, promises, and sin. Lincoln warned us of the enemy within and I quote from him. Money powers prey upon the nations in times of peace and conspire against it in times of adversity. It is more despotic than monarchy, more insolent than autocracy, more selfish than bureaucracy. I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of my country. Corporations have been enthroned, an era of corruption will follow, and the money powers of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudice of the people and their need to borrow. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. Protest can be a powerful thing. Money backed by notes, corporations run governments and they sell us back zirconian and quartz. Diamonds trade on Wall Street, lobbyists own the ports, Capitol Hill, Whitehall and the courts. All sorts of red letter mail through your door. You throw them out but like banknotes, they just print more. So what's so federal about the Federal Reserve? 
not even attached to the state yet wearing a title they don't deserve. Money is debt, the cartel prints what we earn. We're buried in credit cards like ashes in a urn. Like a mouse on a wheel chasing a cheddar check to pay your interest for your home. 25 years before you can call it your own. And even when I buy my groceries, I pay with plastic for so-called ease. A new catchphrase, enter your pin number please. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. We all need a credit card mortgage in the yard. Protest. Protest can be a powerful thing. Don't have the money today, that's okay. Put it on layaway. You pay back twice as much, but 12 months seems a long way away. So to save them for a rainy day. 34% annual payment rate or APR. You know it's too high, but you want that new car. Lost your job and suddenly walk in a fog. Your subprime mortgage is eating all your pennies from the penny jar. Cash is king, but off with his head. Replaced by credit instead. Debt is heavy as lead. Worry follows you to bed. Pretending like you're not home, you even stop answering the phone. Shoulders not big enough to bear the weight of debt alone. Three pounds over my overdraft, and that suddenly turned into 30. Banks crushing the little guy. Banks playing dirty.